Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States has announced that he has cancer. Okay, the bit's over. Here you go. You can get your glasses back. Uh, he actually did. And I felt like we needed a dramatic opener. And I was like, I need glasses. And he was like, where are my glasses? And I was like, so we gotta, we gotta do a dramatic moment. Here's the thing. If Joe Biden's brain worked, I'd take it seriously. And the issue is, I don't think his brain works. So when he says that he had cancer, I kind of feel like he probably doesn't. But I don't know. Cause maybe he does. And maybe that's why his brain doesn't work. What a crazy world that we live in. I got to be completely honest. It is it is absolutely insane that the president came out, gave a speech and said, I and so damn many other people have cancer. And he was making a reference to uh, to the oil industry and stuff. And it's just like, wait, wait a minute. Everyone was like, bro, what? You have cancer? And then the White House comes out and they're like, no, 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 no. He had cancer. And it's like, whoa, Biden had cancer? When? Well, just before he got elected. You didn't tell us the president can't. Well, it was. Uh, OK, this story is getting a little crazy. So we're going to have to break that one down. And then there's other big news. Apparently, Hunter Biden is actually facing criminal charges Mm. for tax avoidance and over the gun in Delaware. So I'm just kind of like, yo, I got to be honest. You you go after him for the gun thing. I'll have a little bit more faith in the government, to be completely honest. Not like I have any to begin with, but a little bit. Maybe. Maybe he won't be such a double standard. I I still can't believe that uh, Joe Biden said that he has cancer. So, uh, yeah. Anyway... We're going to talk about that. Don't forget to head over to TimCast.com. Click that Join Us button. Become a member. Yo, we announced that we were bringing Cast Castle to the website exclusive like any other streaming video service. And the response was unfortunate. People saying, I don't want to be a member because I don't like PayPal. And it's unfortunate because we booted PayPal from the website. Now, if you're already a member and you use PayPal, you're fine. You're still a member. If you sign up now, we're using Dan Bongino's Parallel Economy. It's associated with Rumble and Dan Bongino. He's one of the co-founders. They are an anti-censorship payment processor service. So rest assured, you don't have to give money to people who hate you. We are doing everything we can to help build up this alternate ecosystem that's anti-censorship, a diverse array of opinions. So we are extremely excited to be using Parallel Economy. When you become a member today, you are helping me, you're helping Dan Bongino, you're helping Rumble, you're helping Parallel Economy. You are building up this system so we can say, screw you to the censors. That's the first step. It's not as big as PayPal. We're not as big as Disney+. Plus. we got to start somewhere. So what we're going to do is we're putting Cast Castle. We're making 22-minute episodes like any other sitcom. Start a little rough around the edges, but give us time. We're getting it better and better. We're working on making a legitimate, good, funny comedy show. We've also got Tales from the Inverted World, hour-long episodes exploring the lost Confederate gold, and more to come. Comedy specials, documentaries, more podcasts and news shows coming your way. we got Pop Culture Crisis, of course. Support our work. And don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Today, joining us to talk about all this, we got Danny Farrar. 
Thank you all for having us on. We appreciate it. I actually, listen, you're talking about the bone broth. What I love about you is you're actually investing back in your people. You're giving them daggone financial compensation for going to the gym and getting shredded. So now not only will they be smart, they'll even look better as well. So hats off to you, man. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. So uh, you're you're with Soldier Fit. Do you want to explain that? Yeah. So Soldier Fit is a business I started when I got back from uh, Iraq. We're a functional fitness gym. And then I also had the nonprofit Platoon 22, which we started off as a suicide awareness uh, movement. Started after the second soldier from Frederick County committed suicide. And really what we've morphed into now is best in class transition. We raised a million dollars to build the first ever Platoon Veteran Services Center which will be in a 45-minute drive of 70% of Maryland's veterans, and we look to take this national from here. So we'll be open in November 10th if anybody wants to come out and really going to provide best-in-class transitional support for our warfighters. Right on. And and what you were mentioning before is, like, I've never – I don't think I've ever mentioned this, but uh, you do a fitness thing, Soldier Fit, Mm -hmm. and then uh, you actually have a bunch of our employees doing physical fitness and training. Yeah. Uh, our good friend Luke had you come out and do yeah. and did this big thing, and yeah. then I said to everybody who does it, "We'll give you a bonus. Yeah. We'll give you a hundred bucks for doing this uh, once a week." And uh, yeah, people have been consi- keeping it up. So they're they're gonna they're coming for your money, man. I mean, they're in there <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. The way I yeah. see it is, someone who is healthy and fit is more productive. And they're 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 going to be happier. They're going to be healthier. It's better for them. It's better for me. So we'll we'll throw them a bonus for staying fit. I can actually get you a, a number on that. Wilco um, has actually broke that number down to for every dollar that you invest in your employees' health, you'll receive a three dollar return on your investment oh, wow. and reduction in sick call, uh, sick days, increased productivity as you talked about there, drops in your insurance rates. So you know, hey, it's a it's a good investment. Me, it's kind of just. I think it's kind of more political, personal. I just think people should be healthy and do what yeah. they can. And so when I saw that people were into it, I was like, let's, we'll throw you a hundred bucks a week yeah. for every time you do this thing. And so right on, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us. We also got Hannah Claire. Do you want yes. to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. Can you hear me? I'm a writer for timcast.com, actually. There That's right. So I will apparently be signing up for Soldier Fit. I did yeah. not realize we got a bonus <laughs> so for this. Cool, I've right? been running on the trail like a hooligan. It's a sucker. I mean, a bear <laughs> could get you. You weren't yeah. out. <laughs> so it was like everybody was outside and Luke was like, you know, getting Shape, yelling at people. Shape. I, I remember hearing this happen, Ugh. but the thing that happens to me is I get sucked into the news cycle and spend a lot of time just at I, my computer. So I, I actually up. probably need to be at Soldier Fit. I pulled up to my bike and Danny was like, get in here. And Luke was like, come on, Tim. And I was like, I don't got time for this. I'm too busy. Yeah. But I'll give all of you $100 That's right, yeah. for doing this. And everyone's like, yeah, like I, I dig it. So. <laughs> yeah. Everyone who does it comes into the office and they're like, oh yeah, do you, we did that thing this morning. Like they're super intense. They're hyped up. So <laughs> they chest bomb. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a lot of voices got deeper. It does. It's, it's yeah. all the women. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I'll renounce running. And, and honestly, my biggest thing is for women to lift. I think women need to lift more than men do. If I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I'll see you at Solar Fit. All right, six thirty tomorrow Tim, morning. That's we'll hundred dollars. <laughs> Uh, hey guys, Ian Crossland, my girlfriend's actually just got back from a lifting session earlier today. Maybe I'll uh, turn her on to your gym. Yeah, this is awesome. very impressive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, IanCrossland.net, happy to see ya. Let's yeah. get going. Andy has been going to Soldier Fit every morning that he can. Some mornings he doesn't get. It's just become part of our morning. He comes back, yeah. he's all hype. He said today he lifted like 380 pounds. I was like, I don't believe you. And he showed me the video and I was like, what the heck is going on over there? So wow. they're having a great time yeah. over there. So I'm delighted to have Danny. Right on everybody. Let's get into this first story. Possibly one of the biggest stories of our generation. Mm. Joe Biden says he has cancer thanks to the oil oil industry. And then I love how they add this. But White House points to skin cancer years ago. Okay, okay. Hold on there a minute. Joe Biden said he had cancer. 
I mean... The remark initially appeared to be a stunningly casual health announcement during a speech about global warming in which the president described emissions from oil refineries near his childhood home in uh, Claymont, Delaware. Quote, that's why I and so damn many other people I grew up with have cancer and why for the longest time Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. White House spokesman Andrew Bates referred to the post to a tweet from Washington Post columnist Glenn Kessler who noted that Biden had non-melanoma skin cancers removed before he took office. I don't I don't buy it. Look, I get it. Joe Biden's brain ain't all with it. And maybe he just gaffed. But to have this like the spokesman pointed to a journalist who pointed to a claim. Yeah, I don't understand why he couldn't just say himself like this is what happened to the president if they really did remove the melanomas or whatever. Like, why do you have to refer to the Washington Post? You are the original source for this. He didn't have his note cards. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah. That's an important part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He didn't know what to say. That, now, look, look, look. <laughs> Joe Biden gaffs all the time. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, this is the one time he wasn't gaffing. Like, no, literally everything out of his mouth is probably gibberish nonsense. So I don't know what this means, but there's two kinds of gaffes. There's the accidental blurting of the truth gaffe. And then there's the true and unashabit of pressure gap. Yeah. <laughs> Which one is this? This has got to be the truth. People don't, you don't accidentally tell people you have cancer. I, anyone. <laughs> I've never met anyone. Yeah. Anyone. I mean, I don't know people that are suffering from dementia and Alzheimer's. I don't know a lot of them. And maybe they say things like that. Yeah. If they had it, they still think they have it. But then if that's an indication of his Alzheimer's or dementia, that's another problem altogether. It's, too, yeah. it's one or the other. Either he's being honest or he's blatantly lying to people for sympathy, which I don't think is the, is the cause. Well, and it's a problem that it's present tense, right? I didn't, he's not saying I had cancer. He's saying I have it. So that's sort of a strange thing to not take an immediately, immediate strong response from. I, I think, I think he's, I think he slipped out the truth. Maybe. maybe. So. Let me, let me, let me play this clip. I think, uh, let me see if it'll play properly. There we go. Okay, does it make me go to Twitter? All right. Oh, here we go. I always have the wrong button click. Nice aviators, Joe. Nice aviators. Four lane highway that was accessible. My mother drove us, and rather than us be able to walk. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening. You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. And why can't for the longest time Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation? So you know what makes me think it's possibly him spreading out the truth is his indignation, like his anger. Mm-hmm. You know, like if it was something he had a long time ago, if he got cancer when he, he's talking about when he was young, what he got skin melanomas seventy years after he left. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so it sounds to me more like this might be a he's just his brain fog, and then he just says it, says it without. Look, I mean, if he had cancer, it could explain a whole lot. It could explain literally why he gaffs so much. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the thing that's crazy about nowadays is you would have never thought you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago that we would have information this readily available and they would still be able to twist it mm. as to and, and change the narrative of what it is. You know, this isn't something that's heard second or third party. This is literally broadcast nationally, internationally at the time. And then instantaneously, we just say it's something different. Let's think about how crazy it is. If the story is he doesn't have cancer, the president accidentally told the world he has cancer? Yikes. Yeah. Okay. Either his brain is so broken he accidentally told the world he has cancer or the dude has cancer. Or what if he has cancer and he dies in the next year or two? No, no, it's okay because then we get President President Kamala. But you get that. But I'm saying at that point in time, like, how do you 
not let the autopsy report go. I mean, it's the President of the United States. You're not going to release that. And so then you either lie about how he died or it comes out that you covered up that he really did have cancer. cancer. And now you're sitting down here and was like, hold on. Well, you knew he had it and you lied that he had it. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com slash carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. And now just again, the public trust just continues to erode and fall farther and farther. We have a, a very important quote here from anarchist author Michael Malice. Oh, good. Who said, don't worry about Joe Biden having cancer. He is married to a doctor. <laughs> Referring to the fact that First Lady Jill Biden uses the honorific doctor to note her 2007 doctorate in education. I love it. I don't know, if, but I'm pretty sure the education thing she has isn't like a, it's like, it's not the same thing as a PhD or whatever. I don't know what it's it is. something else. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. And I, I wanted to say, I worked with old people for the first 10 years of my career. And as you get older, you still can grasp some of these concepts, but you lose your filter yeah. and it just comes out. You just blurt it out. And that's, I, I liked it because I got to actually know people because yeah. there was no like, you know, not, there's no, um, pitter patter. They're not trying to pretend there's something they're not. They'll just tell you exactly what they think right up front. I think that's what he's doing here. It's, oh, it's still terrifying. crazy to me though that the <laughs> stuff that he gets a pass for. Like I remember, you know, when President Bush, the the son, was in office, and he wasn't a great orator. Mm. How many people just decimated him when he had a flub here or there? And some of the stuff that Trump said, how many people ridiculed him for that? But Biden can just say the most off the wall, outlandish stuff on planet Earth and. It just gets swept on the rug. I'll no say, cares. though, now Dana Carvey's making fun of him on, on uh, Kimmel. Did you so see it? Trevor uh -uh. Noah, yeah. He did like the, oh, Trevor Noah did too. They're mm -hmm. finally making fun of the way Biden talks. His, his weird man getting real quiet and then getting real loud. I mean, you should watch the Dana Carvey skit. Maybe we can talk about it on the after show or go into it more or even on this show if it comes up again. But like, uh, that's kind of like the tide has turned. People are like, okay, it's, well, we, we got what we needed out of them now. But the successor in the wings is no better. Yeah, I was going to say, for a long time, the White House refused to put out his, uh, they kept saying he was going to have his annual health exam. Well, it was delayed, something's going on, and it went on for such a long time, to a certain point, it just seemed like they wanted us to stop asking about it. And the other thing that's so strange about his presidency is how much time he spends at his home in Delaware. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't release the visitor logs for that, so we just don't know what goes on there. I mean, it's total conspiracy for me to say this, but like, if he is being treated for something, that's an easy place for him to receive care in the privacy of his own home. Good point. Yeah. Yes, He's true. been retreating quite a bit. I mean, I think it was something like over 50% of the weekends that he was president during his first year. He wasn't at the Oval Office. He wasn't at the White House. I think the majority of them were spent in Delaware at one of his two residences. Well, where were they doing the, I, I know they did a bunch of the mock-ups of the fake, like, the fake Oval Office when he was getting his shots and yeah. stuff. Where were those at? I don't know. I heard they were across the street in a studio. Which is even weirder. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? 
but I couldn't confirm that. I don't know where it was. Uh, I keep thinking about FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who had polio, and yeah. he was like cripple, became crippling paralysis started to affect him while he was in office. Yeah. But he just lied to everyone, didn't didn't announce it, and, and he put the front panel on the desk at the Oval Office. That's oh, why it's there to hide his wheelchair. I got a picture of him like holding on to a, a metal railing while mm-hmm. he's tossed, smiling, and people didn't know they didn't because it was we were. I guess the theory was we're at war. We don't want to freak out the public. We want to project strength, mm-hmm. which is like the thing you were talking about. Y'all were talking about on the show the other day about how AOC getting power, but she wants to do good to get there, right? Well, that's the slippery slope that comes with that. Like you can absolutely justify why he lied about polio, mm-hmm. right? Is a betterment for the country. We don't want to seem weak the whole nine yards, but at the same time, you just justified lying to the people about the realities that they're facing, and it's it's a it's a, it's a bad slope to go down. What do we do? Hmm. I'm just like panic. It, it, we're, we're facing two scenarios. The president is so demented he accidentally told the world he had cancer. Now, the United, the enemies of the United States, they're not sitting there going like, "But does he have cancer?" They're going like, "Either way, this dude is Doesn't weak, yeah. and now's our opportunity to destroy this country." Do you think the cancer quote has any chain, effect on that at all? I mean, everybody looked at him like that right. as he is. I mean, he mm-hmm. shook hands with the air mm-hmm. twice, a couple times, yeah. twice he did. Yeah, I wonder if maybe this is actually uh, 40 chess from Joe Biden. Make your enemies think you're weak when you're strong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he read he read Sun Tzu, right. The Art of War. That's why he fell in off the bike, too. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's a big ruse. Okay. He shows up to these meetings, and Putin's like, the, uh, uh, the weak Biden. And then Biden goes, listen here, champ. He's like, I'm going to tell you exactly what's going on. And Putin's like, oh, no, Biden is strong. <laughs> when do you think he would announce that he's not running for re-election? Soon, because they I need hope. to start getting ready for the Democratic primaries, if that's the case. Right. Yeah. When would that? When do the primaries start getting announced? Next year. Okay. But it, but usually, you know, like even right now with Trump, the conversation starting yeah. starting to pop up of who is it going to be? Mm-hmm. We're starting to hear the same conversations on the Democrat side. Yeah. Hillary Clinton announced that, or I don't know if it was official, but said that she was going to run against Trump. Was her so that no, Trump didn't, she didn't say that? Well, this is what I read on Twitter. I don't know if it's all confirmed. I didn't hear it out of her mouth either. I thought they were looking at Ola uh, Newsom. Yeah. Ugh. Which yeah, is Newsom. which is nuts to me. It's nuts to me. Like the how he didn't lose the recall is still I, I don't grasp that concept at all. But as bad as California is doing, everybody leaves. Why would that be your guy? Just because it's a big state? You know? And he looks are, pretty. People are in a cult. He does look you think I don't he looks even, pretty. No, he looks no. like American psychic. I think he looks like oh, dude. Kent. He yeah. does. I feel like yeah. uh-huh. He totally does. Yeah. Yeah. I think 100%. it's like, to contrast him with Biden, he's young. He has a young family. Like, he looks healthy. I'm not saying I'm for a Newsom run at all. I mean, you but just I said he was attractive <laughs> two minutes ago. That, yeah. Yeah. You said that, yeah. he's tall. So he's got that over Buttigieg. Yeah, Is he, it Buttigieg? Is that how you pronounce it? Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Who I don't hate, you know, I don't hate, I don't really hate these people, but like Buttigieg, Buttigieg, sorry buddy, whatever you say, he's smaller. He's like five nine. I don't know how tall he is, but he looks little. Yeah. And so they want people like towering presence. So I think Newsom has that going for him, but Biden has the towering height, you know, as well. It's, it's nuts, man. I don't see how, I, I still, the thing that the biggest thing that continuously shocks me about the country is that, you know, you have these people that are in office, especially in Congress for literally decades. And they just keep getting reelected. Everybody knows they're not worth two cents. And we keep catching them like, you know, Gavin, when he was, how many times was he in restaurants? Laundry, baby. When it was, yeah. when it was shut down and he had his mask off, 
But then he just, oh, you know, I slipped. I was taking photos. And people just forgive it and just go on. I don't, I don't understand this, how that happens. This is a great, great moral conversation because like, should leadership lie to its subordinates? That's the question. Like in the military, if they know they're going into like a suicide or a mission where it's probably not going to be very good, do they tell the troops that ahead of time or are they like, here's the mission? You know, um, in, in my experience, you know, if you're about ready to go down a bad road, like we know it's a bad road. You know, you know that it, you're going to get hit. You know, if you're going to run down IED Alley, you know you're going down IED Alley. Um, I'm sure there's probably at some point in time, we used to joke about it when I was in, like, are, are they sending us on? Because I had to go to the Iranian border twice because I did convoy escort. And we're like, okay, is this how we're going to start the war with Iran? They're going to send us out there as a sacrificial lamb to get blown up, and then we'll come back and we're going to be stopped. So we would joke about that. But generally speaking, my experience has been, like, if you knew you were about ready to get into it, even though the greatest oxymoron is military intelligence, they at least tried to tell you, like, hey, like, this is going to be for real. But with the president telling the American citizens, like, hey, here's some strategy, here's a, the, that will get leaked to the other humans around the earth. Like, your commander telling your platoon something, yeah. the platoon's not going to go tell the Iraqi soldiers what's happening. So it's secure. Well, they even take it a different step further. I mean, a lot of times if something like that is going to go down, um, I'll even give you another example of that isn't necessarily like OPSEC, but like if a, if a service member, um, got killed, they would actually shut down like the internet lines mm. and everything there. So you couldn't tell family back home until the military had a time to oh, tell wow. the family back home, you know, so th- they have constraints on stuff along those lines. And again, like back in World war two, loose lips, sink ships, like that was a big thing. But when you look at this type stuff, like whether or not he should tell the world he has cancer, right? You, I think he should. You should know who's coming in next. You should know what's going on there, right? And cancer isn't necessarily a death sentence, but at least we can understand why you're shaking hands with a, a glove laying in the corner. I want to I jump to this story. It's the same story from Fox News, but to make a different point. Fox News reports Biden's cancer claim shocks Twitter users, either the biggest bombshell or biggest gaffe. I think it's a fair assessment. But what I want to talk about in relation to Joe Biden and Donald Trump is this up here in the top right, the NewsGuard certification. As of July 18th, the Daily Beast has been reinstated as true, real news. And Fox News has been downranked. Fascinating. And so the reason is they say that Fox doesn't regularly correct errors because there's a bunch of stuff that Tucker Carlson's put out that uh, is factually incorrect. And I think NewsGuard is actually right about that. But there's an interesting question in outside of just Fox News, in the presidency. Let me show you this. NewsGuard says, while former President Trump did claim in a February 28th, 2021 Fox News interview that he requested that Congress authorize 10,000 National Guardsmen to bolster capital security before January 6th, there has been no corroboration of this claim. Why is it that when there is something that is for the narrative, they can choose to ignore the president? Whenever, whatever the narrative is, they will ignore. If Donald Trump came out and admitted to wrongdoing, they would say, well, Trump confirmed it. If Donald Trump comes out and admits to something or, or says something happened that would be bad for their narrative, they say it's fake news. How does NewsGuard decide that the word of the president of the United States is not good enough to accept? Meanwhile, Joe Biden can come out and says he has, say he has cancer to the world, and it's also considered less than credible. Now, that's a very serious problem. If the president is outright and overtly lying and the media just says, oh, yeah, we don't take the president's word for it. I can understand that. You want verification. Yet if you Google search Biden confirms, you'll see a bunch of story 
about Biden confirming the cost of, you know, uh, Biden confirms unprecedented G7 move on Putin set to cost billions. How do we know? It's the president. His words meaningless. We need, well, Biden's also said he has cancer. Why should I believe anything? Why should the media be allowed to claim that Biden's confirmed something and then say, oh, but his cancer is not true? How many times has Biden come out and said something nonsensical? And then the White House has come out and said, actually, what really happened is this. When Donald Trump says something, they say he's lying about it. You can't trust him. It's 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 a nonsense reality where the media decides when the president's telling the truth. How does that make sense? My thing is, I mean, you got you do the journalist thing. I think the real question is, when did it stop? Did you have that ethical basis of unbias? Right. I'm just going to report the facts as they are. Like, I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to put any any lenience on it. Like, this is what he said. You make the decision of whether or not it is. Why does it have to have all the other context behind it? And we don't do it either way you look at it. Like CNN watchers don't get mad when CNN does it, but they get mad when Fox does it and vice versa. I still believe the problem in America, as much as we talk about the system, it's it's not it's not the system. It's Americans. And I, I love the country. I ran for office. I ran for office in Frederick. I ran for county council at large. Uh, I ran actually the year uh, last governor race when the mood in the country was significantly anti-Trump and Democrats came out and drove. I ran as a Republican because in Maryland you got to pick, right? I knocked on over 100,000 doors. Do you know how many times I discussed my platform? How many? One, One time, huh? One time. Ironically, it was a older man wearing a Bernie Sanders shirt smoking weed in his retirement community. <laughs> oh, wow. We had a good 45-minute conversation Chill with the guy. Dude, yeah. But I, every door I knocked on, it was, what are you running as? And if I was running at what you wanted me to run as, you got my vote. Like, you didn't even know what I was, you did no clue what I was, what my platform was. And if I wasn't what you wanted me to be, you slammed the door in my face and walked away. Crazy. Off. Yeah. Well, I think at one time in our country, your party affiliation was shorthand for the things that you believed in and your values, not just politically, but culturally. Yeah. And that shifted so much. I mean, the senator from, I'm forgetting his name right now, from Oregon who just lost, he's the first incumbent uh, elected official from Oregon to lose a race since the 1980s. He said, you know, I'm a moderate Democrat and basically our party has been controlled by socialists. So it has moved away from me. I know that we hear conservatives say this on many different directions. I mean, you'll talk to libertarians who say, I don't feel the way my parents felt socially. I identify fiscally as conservative, but I'm socially left. I think that we are coming out of a day and age where you could believe someone's political affiliation to be something of substance. Whereas now you really do have to do the work to ask someone and no one wants to do that. Especially, you know, when you're suddenly, you know, I think it's great that you went door to door, but like if you're, you have kids in the house, you're doing something else. You don't want to be like, well, how do you feel about this? These are the issues that are important to me. You yeah. want the shorthand. You want to say, oh, you've, you're affiliated with my team. That's good enough. Yeah. And that just doesn't really function in today's society. Well, I mean, the real rubber meets the road, and no one pays attention to this, is the local elections. You know, everybody's hung up on Congress and president. But, hey, if your property tax is going up, that's the county council guy. Yep. Right? And when we went – Comptroller. And, yeah, and when we went to debates – you know, and I'm running for the entire county. There were like ten people in the audience, and it's like you guys really we're not involved, and we have the liberty, honestly, to not be involved because for mm-hmm. the most part, people are like, well, listen, man, like I'm doing okay, 
You know, I'm I'm eating. I'm not worried about whether or not I'm going to get mugged. I'm not worried about an armed insurrection right now. So, eh, who really cares about Tom that owns a shoe shop that's running for county council? But that's who makes makes and breaks your life, really. Mm -hmm. This is why it it always irks me a little bit when people say, you know, vote for me for Congress and I'll clean up this town or things of that nature. And I'm like, no, you won't. You're going to go to D.C. and represent our, you know, us to them. If you want to clean up your your town, your neighborhood, you got to vote local. And the most important thing, especially for populists, is voting local. Because, you know, some people are in favor of a convention of states, some aren't. But you want to, you want to set the rules, you want to change the laws in your state. Maybe you're pro-choice, maybe you're pro-life. That's your state reps. You're, the the, the left might be wondering why, you know, uh, Texas is banning abortion. Well, the state level politicians, the one who do that, not Congress. But all anyone ever talks about is national level stuff. It's a mistake. The governor of New Hampshire really upset people when he said he wasn't going to run for Senate. He was going to stay in New Hampshire because he believed his work was he could do more for the people of New Hampshire as governor than as senator. Because as senator, you end up spending most of your time in Washington. Yeah. I mean, if you it's it's not that there isn't a place for both, but I think being involved locally is really where you make a huge difference. It's I unappreciated. The, I think the real catch twenty two is that I think. I'm willing to, I really feel that 85 to 90% of people that go into politics honestly initially go into politics for very, very good reasons, very honest reasons, ethical reasons. They want to make a difference. The problem is the longer you play that game, the more you become institutionalized with what it takes to get something to actually be accomplished. I think a lot of people lose sight of how complicated even a state-level bill is, much less trying to pass a law that's going to affect the entire United States. And that's why we get these bills that are ungodly links that have you know i'm going to make something up at the time you know uh, we want to pet puppies is thrown in with hey let's give 20 billion dollars to ukraine but we lead with let's pet puppies right mm-hmm. right and it's like one paragraph of we yeah. will pet puppies and then five thousand pages of how we're going to strip money from the working class to fund a war in ukraine but, but the, the problem the headline is, is you know senator votes against pet puppies. yes yes, yes. every exactly. time they do it to Thomas Massey a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he'll be like, I voted no on this. He'll be like, how could you vote no against puppies? And he'll be like, because that provision said we blow them up afterwards. But then yeah. no one wants to listen to that <laughs> right. part either. That part's boring. Yeah, it's always bothered me that people get so frustrated with federal politics. I'm like, you need to look at your next door neighbor. You need to look at who's running for city council, at who your mayor is going to be, at who's running your school board. These are important questions that affect you way more than yeah. the president ever will. Honestly, and people don't want to put the work in. The federal government is there. We can complain about them. It's not that big a deal. Sure, they tax us, whatever. But for the most part, they leave us alone. They tax, though. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> but the, if they, if you actually do want to make a positive difference in your culture, you need to run like you did, or you need to at least, very least, pay attention to what's going on in your own I think community. P- part of why national politics is easier to get involved in is because it's televised. A lot of it's televised. Yeah. We we see watch C-SPAN and crap like that. But like local politics isn't televised enough. For people to like, because they don't well, want to go to the meeting. People just don't want to. They they want to stay at home and, and witness it from their TV if they I, can. I think it is, but people people have only watched national news. So it's like when you turn the nowadays with the internet, you're not turning on your local news to see a local like public access. People are turning on C-SPAN for Congress, or they're going, pulling up CNN that only talks about the Fed or federal level. I mean, I mean, at the reality now, speaking broad generalizations, like in today's society and economy, both parents have to work. Your kids are involved in 15 different things. So they're going right from piano practice to football practice to ballet practice. They got a busier schedule than most adults now. And so these debates and things, they don't take place to 530, 630 at night on a Thursday afternoon 
well, that's little Timmy soccer practice. What's yeah. the likelihood that I'm going to come to that? Yeah. You know, is, and is, that's where you lose it. Is that like Calvinism? The idea that if everyone's working, they can't do anything else? I'm not, no. I could be mixing things up. Calvinism I'm, was a sect of Christianity, yeah, I believe. That's there was like, not, there was a, it could be um, like Puritanism, maybe. Where there was like this idea, busy. keep everybody busy Idle toiling the fields so that they can't right. do anything else. If everybody has to work 24-7, they can never revolt. That's, you don't have any trouble, North I think, Korea. is what the thought is. Right, like, right, right. no yeah. one can get into mischief or be lazy or do something but like that. That's like the road to Kim Jong-un's keep everyone starving and then they won't revolt kind of mentality. But the other problem here now, and we saw this in Maryland, and I, 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 I was going off about this today because I still can't believe they, they pushed Cox through in the primary. Hmm. But Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. At every measurable thing that you can look at just about, Maryland is substantially better off than it was before Governor Hogan took office. And because one or t- I hate the term rhino, it drives me nuts because anytime somebody disagrees with one thing that a Republican said, he's he or she is now automatically a rhino. And it's really decimated a lot of times the Republican Party, in my opinion. But they go in here and they make this big push for him. And I'm like, dude, you're never going to agree with everything that everyone says. I guarantee you every one of us disagrees on something at this table, right? Mm-hmm. But what you have to look at is what is the overall picture? Are we much better than we, we were there? And then at the same time, like I was arguing with the guy, he's like, you know, he's talking about DeSantis. I was like, DeSantis couldn't come here and win in Maryland. And Governor Hogan couldn't take Maryland policy to Florida and get anything done. It's two completely different electorates. And no one wants to acknowledge that. And it's like, yo, like, listen, if, if you love DeSantis that much in Florida, which I think it, I went to Daytona during bike week and COVID and they were having a blast. Move to Florida. That's, that's your solution. But if you're going to stay in Maryland, what are what are your choices? You got your choices of having improvement where he took us from like, I think, 46th in uh, business and economy to six over eight years. That's massive. Why would you not be happy about Let's, that? I, I want to ask this question because um, I'm not sure if it was Alex Jones or someone. I think it might have been Alex implying that Joe Biden would get sick and then they would replace him or bring in Kamala. Because Joe Biden can't run. So the question that we've been asking right now, is Joe Biden going to run for another term? He says yes. I don't know if I believe it. Because you've got all these Democrats lining up. You've even got prominent Democrats outright saying to journalists, we don't think Biden's going to run. We don't want him to run. Polls are showing they don't want Biden to run. So how could Biden run against the will of the Democrat voters, against the will of other Democrats, and in the face of all the Democrats running against them? But if that's the case, how do you get Biden out now? Well, some have suggested 
he'll be he'll get sick or he is sick or something will happen to his son. I'm wondering what you guys think about this. You know, just just bouncing back to the cancer thing, but taking it in this direction. Could it be that this is meant to be sort of just um, a little uh, little little sprinkling of the Biden is very sick thing so that when finally the time comes, they'll say, you know, like uh, other presidents who have feigned illness. Yes, he's sick and he needs to step down and Kamala's moving in. I think no, that it wasn't intentional only because of their response. It's like, no, no, he meant he used to have it. And, and, but I think it is an indication that he's sick and that they will pivot into that as it comes up. I think he'll actually run. He'll be on stage with other Democrats that are running and he'll be like, you know what? You're right. You're the one that needs to take the torch and get like his 60 million followers to just clap and smile and turn towards the next person in line, whoever I mean, he. See, I wonder if it's going to be opposite. I wonder if they're going to be like, okay, Joe, so you're not going to run next anymore. So just just keep it cool. And he's going to be out somewhere and he's going to be like, yeah, so when I run for re-election, they're going to be like, what do we do? Because we don't actually want to support this guy anymore. But I think the fact is Joe Biden's old. He is sick. I don't know if he has cancer. But imagine what would happen PR-wise for the Democrats if Joe Biden was on stage in a debate and collapsed. Hmm. That would be bad for Biden, but good for Democrats. It's so funny that he said, I have cancer. And you were like, I don't know if he has cancer. Like, you just don't know. <laughs> can't, like, yeah. Anyone that came to me and told me that, I would believe them. Why would you think they were lying to you? That's crazy. I know. It's crazy, this, right? Why do you think it would be good for Democrats? It would create ver- a whole lot of sympathy. It would give Biden an exit, which would be like, honorable. An honorable exit. Uh, they would say, you know, Biden sacrificed himself to stop Trump. That kind of that kind of stuff, or sacrifice his health. They would ham it up. They would say, "Here's a man who stepped out of retirement after he lost his son, knowing he was sick because he knew America needed a leader." And then, you know, he gets sick, and maybe he doesn't die. Maybe he just collapses. That would that that's the perfect exit for Biden. It's the perfect positive PR spin. So I'm not saying it will happen. I don't know. It gives him kind of like a martyr-like heroic like exit. But I don't think they won't, Camilla. I mean, I think, which I still don't understand how she got the 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 nod as the VP. I I, I agree, but if just because she steps up as VP doesn't mean she runs in 2024. She could she'll go out there and like, let's say hypothetically, Joe Biden faints, you know, on stage or something at, at at some kind of town hall, and they're like, oh no, and then he's like, I can't run, you know, the American people, you're going to need someone younger. Kamala steps in. They. Remember when they announced the 25th Amendment panel and everyone was like, they're trying to get Trump out. And then people were like, no, no, it's for Biden. Like they were preparing to remove Biden. Yeah. So they did that. And a lot of people said that, you know, that's what's going to happen. It could still happen. Biden gets sick faints. Kamala Harris says, I'm going to come in and I'm going to take over as president. But. I'm going to step aside and let someone else run. <laughs> I'm not gesticulating correctly. She does a lot of this motion. Oh. Well, you know, I'll do my best. <laughs> we, the collective, knowing what we know, are going to do what we've always done today. And I'm going to nominate Gadden for be president. Mm. I just, I think she is, I, I, I still don't understand. Like, obviously, the people that put this stuff together have more experience with it than I do. But of all the people you could have picked. I mean, she wasn't even popular with what they were going for on the base. So <laughs> the DNC picks them. Yeah. And they pick Biden and they're going to pick the next one. And they'll probably tell Biden we picked this person. Now just support well, them or something like that. Kamala Harris checked the right boxes, I guess. Yep. 
diversity. Higher. Yeah, diversity. Woman of color, diversity. But you couldn't find anyone else. I mean, like even Tulsi the Gabbard was woman of color. I, that's, I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah. Just, right. But she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't think inside their box. I mean, Tulsi yeah. Gabbard is too independent for them. Yeah. I, I don't think. I think Kamala Harris knew this was her shot. She couldn't have run her president. I mean, she wasn't going to get the nomination on her own. I gotta say, you know, when we were we were talking about AOC, she went on Colbert. And she made up this mishmash hodgepodge of Civil War history that was just hilariously brilliant. And uh, it, it was it, it was a Chad move. It was the, the ultimate Chad move to go and just go on national television and just make up history. And you got to think about Kamala Harris. You know, when she does these speeches that are considered auto text, like, <laughs> like you know, predictive text filler, that's also a Chad move. She's going up on stage knowing she's saying nothing and people clap for her. It's just like... The ultimate mockery of your own constituents. And she just throws that cackle in behind it. <laughs> and it's just, you, it's like nails on a chalkboard. It's, it's the worst thing. I mean, she has incredibly low, uh, approval ratings. She's not popular at all. I don't know how she. But who do you pick though? Who yeah, do you pick? If I mean. you could, if you could, right now, your choice, you got, you, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta go Biden or you gotta go her. Who do you want running the nation? Oh, her, Kamala. Okay. I'd rather have a predict- predictive text generator, like a, a, a literal predictive text generator yeah. than either of them. But, you know, Joe, here's, here's my fear with Joe Biden. He's, I think he's corrupt, but he's brain damaged. So he might be like, I want, I want to get a, a shipment into Iran. And you're like, what? Iran? <laughs> do, you, do you mean Iraq? What? No. And then they're like, I guess we're going to be shipping Iran a bunch of military supplies. The president said so. And you're like, whoa, dude. I get he wanted to make money off this illicit deal, but he's huh. sending weapons. So when, when, when Biden accidentally said Libya over and over again, I'm like, imagine him in the situation where I'm like, tell him to press the button and they're bombing the wrong country. Jeez. At least Kamala Harris is corrupt, but she can speak properly. You know what I mean? Like they're both not all with it, but she's just a little bit more cognitively with it. I mean, honestly, that's a point I hadn't really thought about. Is like, you know, you do you get your finger on the on the button, you just begging, begging me to hit it, and then I say the wrong place. Well, well, check it out. It's you know, Kamala and Biden are both corrupt, but Kamala lives on this planet and wants to keep living on this planet. Joe Biden too, but his brain doesn't work. So you know, Biden might accidentally blow us up. Kamala doesn't want to ruin. She doesn't want to kill the peasants who who supply her with slave labor. You know what I mean? The question is, though, for me, who do you think pulls the strings? Like, mm-hmm. I don't believe there's some reptilian. Like, if you know, you go back, all of a sudden you pull the mask off and there's a lizard person there. But <laughs> at the same time, it's like for you to have that much control, is it one person? Is it a group of people? How do you get to be in the group of people? Like, who is actually the one filling out his note card saying, hey, say this, and then also repeat line? I mean, it may just be staffers, mm. you know. But that's scary yeah. in a way. That's, like, super scary. I feel like you'd want to take a critical look at who is propping Biden yeah. up because they have so much influence right now, especially if he's not capable of, like, saying no or being like, maybe I shouldn't say that. I mean, this guy is reading his stage directions. The shadow government is a 22-year-old intern with no governmental experience. <sighs> he's just like, oh, I guess Biden should probably say he doesn't want to blow up Russia. He's in so <laughs> deep. Hard. He doesn't want to get fired. Yeah. He's yeah. freaked out. And my <laughs> experience with those 
interns is they're not really happy. I mean, I've no. been down to Capitol to, to testify for stuff before, and, you know, they literally have, which I've always thought it was funny when they talk about minimum wage, and they've got a staffer that the door literally opens into them in their little office on the thing, and they're working 70, 80 hours for like 12 bucks an hour. So he's mad, he's angry, and then all of a sudden, you know what? Hey, you know what? I'm going to, it's literally Ron Burgundy. We're going to show him this time. He's putting on the prompter, end, yeah. of, end of quote, repeat the line. Yep. He's Burgundy, he's doing it. Because he could say "f you, America," but that's too heavy-handed. It's too much. Biden might catch that one. No, he said repeat line. Repeat the line. That's 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 bad. Crazy. That's bad. That's That's horrible. Wow. Well, that's America for you, I guess. This is what the American people wanted, huh? They voted. Idiocracy. That's what apathy gets. Well, I think it's a cult. I think it's the media. I, I, I don't. I don't. I think it's apathy for a lot of people. They go out and they just hit the D. But I think they were able to get a lot of people in a cult. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You asked why is the media went at what point did the media stop serving the the transparency and start serving an agenda? I my thought the answer to that is it, when we go to war, whenever the country goes to war, the media apparatus rallies to start printing propaganda, war propaganda. We really we went to war not technically, but in two thousand one when we hit Iraq, and then it's never stopped. It's we're still in this turmoil, and now I guess you could say we're out of Iraq. We're still occupying, or we're out of Afghanistan. We're still occupying Iraq. And now Russia's there's a war between the Ukraine and Russia that the government seems to want to be involved in. What blows my mind is the shift from nine twelve, because I took I took the first I responded to the Pentagon on the night on the terrorist attacks, and secured the Pentagon and then ultimately took the first team in to start doing remains removal. And when we would leave the Pentagon to go back to do shift changes, you just see everybody, I mean, honking the horn, waving the flag, everybody unified. And in such a relatively short period of time, we've just become com- just really two almost warring tribes. And like literally they've had people say, you know, you might have to fight your neighbor, right? So for me, it's like, when did we make that major, major shift? And was it just because the news went to a 24-hour cycle and now they need to sell commercial space or they're only going to put the most divisive, angry rhetoric up because it keeps people engaged? Or is it something more than that? I think after the uh, 9-11, there's a lot of Muslim hate, and that created the tribes. And this was like Christian, Muslim, American, and Afghani, whatever. And then it slowly morphed with social media started finding out how much more popular their their clicks were when you got angry. But at some point, people... T- got turned against each other, Republicans and Democrats. It was like when Trump got elected, they used that as a catalyst, media apparatus. But I don't know if it's an external thing. You know, it's not all American. NBC News is not all American all the time. Like, there's people involved in that that aren't American. Um, I don't know. I don't know that there's necessarily a date. But it was like around 2012 or 2013. And in social media, and then when you look, though, at that side of the house where you get the echo chambers, where now your algorithms only show you the exact same people that believe exactly what you believe. And then you actually go like, hey, man, I'm super right. And everybody backs me up. But because you don't have like, you don't have the town halls, the community engagement anymore. COVID made it worse because everybody was literally confined to their house. And so now we just become further and further instead of, I think Jordan Peterson is the one that talks about it is that people are inherently born with a, he calls them red and blue, like inherently a left worldview and inherently a right worldview. And up until social media, that was actually good because you had to come together and they, you had to have conversation and compromise. And so we actually kind of got a little bit centrist in the middle of the road. But now, because we don't really have to interact with each other in person that often anymore, and we have these echo rooms on social media, 
like the divide is just huge. And that's what makes it scary for things like, is it possible for us to see something like a civil war or something where we actually have this big fight coming down the pipe? I do think so. Let me jump to we got we got a lot of stories we got to go so through, much. but maybe the most important one right now in this context oh, is this story yeah. from Business Insider. Democrats spend over one million dollars to boost Dan Cox, the Trump loyalist and 2020 election denier who just won the GOP primary for Maryland governor. Literal conspiracy. It's a literal conspiracy. The Democrats have a scheme to put money into Trump supporting candidates who they then come out and say are an existential threat. They are scheming to manipulate the American people, freaking them out, but funding. It's, it's, it's a false flag. This is literally the Democrats engaging in a false flag. This is going, look, let's say the Democrats are right. Trump supporters are an existential threat to this country. Trump's candidates and MAGA candidates, they're funding them and propping them up. Some are winning the primaries. The idea is we'll beat them in the primary. And if you don't, and even if you do, they gain followers from you helping them regardless. They're not going to go away. So if the Democrats are right, it's, an, it's a threat, they are literally funding it. And if the reality is they're not a threat, Democrats are engaging in a false flag operation on the American people via politics to seize power. Okay, fine. That's not a coup attempt. That's something dastardly at the very least. Do you know who's warning them against this? Mitt Romney. He's telling them this is a like <laughs> stupid idea. strategy. You shouldn't do this. I believe Hogan even came out and said like, this we are, yeah, yeah, he was saying we're having democratic interference in our election. I mean, Hogan has called Cox a, uh, uh, QAnon whack job, I believe mm, is the yeah. quote. Yeah. He is help. not a fan at all, Hogan. but he is also not looking, you know, for a guy who's uh, built his reputation on being able to work with Democrats in a state. He doesn't want this organization coming in and messing with Maryland. I mean, they were they were actively putting this out. Uh, you know, Kelly Schultz had sent out multiple e- email campaigns. I'd got him say, like, listen, like, this is what's happening. And for me, I, I was actually, I've ta- I talked about it several times today. Like, I, I am still mind blown. And people, you know, they were talking about it like one of my friends was like, he's going to put God and country back into, you know, the the schools. And I'm like, no, he's not. He's he's in Maryland. He's out. Democrats outnumber you two to one. And the independents in Maryland aren't going to lean that far right, in, in my opinion. Maybe I'll be absolutely crazy, but the guy they're putting him up against, I don't know if you know anything about Wes Moore, but – Wes Moore won uh, the top 40 under 40, uh, very important people shaping the future of Maryland when I won it. He wrote a book called The Other Wes Moore. He's a, I'm, I'm almost positive he's a combat veteran, but mm-hmm. I know he's definitely a veteran. He was from Baltimore, went, he's a, a, a best-selling author, you know. His book he, is interesting. He's a handsome fella, you know, tall and handsome. <laughs> Don't bring that up. Right? <laughs> he's going to. I make one gas and then I'm Joe Biden. You know, he's going to. He, in, in Baltimore and in Maryland, he's gonna he's gonna chew Dan Cox up. Check out the uh, the New York Times uh, data: sixty two percent reporting from the Democrat side, and they're oh, already wow. up about one hundred forty thousand uh, votes. So, you know, look, the question about whether or not Democrat Maryland goes Republican, I'm not super worried about that. Dan Cox won by sixteen points. Good for him. I don't see Kelly Schultz winning either. I mean, the turnout on the Republican side wasn't that high. The bigger issue is Democrats and their, the schemes, the manipulation on the American people. You know, look, did, did you really think Maryland, regardless of this, would become a Republican state? I didn't think it would become a Republican state. I personally, this is, and I, I, I know Kelly, um, and maybe there's some bias there, but 
I genuinely think that she had an opportunity coming behind Hogan where the, the state had improved as much as it had. And I believe she was a commerce secretary or labor secretary, one of the two. And I thought she could get independence and could, and again, with the sentiment being as much against Biden as it is, that she stands a very strong probability at this year. I literally said, if, if you're going to win, this was the year for you to win, right? I think she had a shot and still was going to be a fight. Dan Cox, I'll do, I'll owe you 20 push-ups. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get that too, but she couldn't even muster. It's like if, if you can't get enough support from your own party, I don't, I don't see how she could win. Look, I, 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 if you can't convince Republicans to vote for you, you think you'll convince independents, I suppose? I, well, I just don't know. And I think Maryland's a weird state for Republicans because basically all of one side of it, the, the three Western yeah. counties want to leave. They yeah. don't want to yes. be involved they, anymore. They, they oh, want to yeah. go join West Virginia. They, <laughs> they <laughs> sent letters to West Virginia being like, please, we'd like to go. And West Virginia was like, we'll have you. Just you have to ask Baltimore. And Baltimore is like, Shh, can't hear you. Stop asking that. I don't think they would do that because then what would happen if there was all of a sudden just a massive migration of parts of states? Like they literally just start swapping and changing. Well, they should. It's not a bad idea. Save the country, in my opinion. The county. State of Jefferson. The county under um, the eastern panhandle in West Virginia, it's part of Virginia, it has Winchester, Virginia in yeah. it. In its constitution, if I'm remembering correctly, a West Virginia state senator told me this. They have a bylaw in there that – when West Virginia seceded, they left it so if they decide later they're frustrated with Virginia, yeah. they could leave. So that wow. still stands. They could, like, file out and be like, we don't want to be here anymore. That's not true for the three counties in Maryland, but it is interesting that there are these places saying, we don't look like where our capitals are. We are not this represented is, by our values. We're, we're in Western Maryland, and it is MAGA country. Mm-hmm. You go to the grocery store outside of Frederick and Brunswick, and it's like Trump, Trump signs anywhere, everywhere. And it gets you, more intense as you keep driving through the panhandle. But you, right, but you go into Frederick, and then the Trump fl- flags turn into rainbow flags. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is about that is, and we were actually talking about this earlier, is like a Republican, <clears throat> even when, cause Frederick flipped the year that I ran, it flipped blue, right? And there was a big conversation about whether or not it was going to stay that way based on the migration from Montgomery County up. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But what's what's crazy about it is why does that happen in just the city? Like everything else is absolutely red, but this little small city that we have, it instantly morphs to where it's Democrat. And then it's all people coming in. And what's crazy about it is people leave MoCo because they don't like MoCo, and then they turn Frederick into MoCo. Yep. People leave California Classic. and go to San, uh, to Austin because they didn't like California. But you turn Austin into California, and it's like – because they don't, they don't understand. They don't understand how they caused the problem. The snowflake doesn't blame itself for the avalanche. Mm. Simply put, 
Joe Rogan moves from, you know, California to Texas, like Texas will be better. And then everyone says, yeah, but, but I like Joe's opinions. And then it's like, but Joe has staff and Joe has industry around him. And the industry is woke and left. So if Joe Rogan comes to Austin, sets up a comedy club, which he's doing, he's going to attract woke leftists from California who aren't going to have those opinions. He's going to attract their sound producers and their stage managers and their taxi drivers and their restaurateurs. And then Texas turns Democrat. Mm-hmm. Kind of like colonization. Yeah. It kind of feels like they're colonizing. But to be fair, there is a cultural influx into Texas, which is actually turning it fairly purplish, red, mm-hmm. like purple leaning red. Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing like in Austin, it's, it's, it's like kind of, kind of blue, but people there are fairly anti-woke, which is surprising. Not completely, but I'm hearing, I'm hearing that at least from a lot of people. And what I'm hearing from some of our friends who moved to Austin, it's because they're moving there. So maybe it is a good thing. Me, I like West Virginia because it's already like the second most Trump supporting state in the country with like 86% Trump support. Not the that entire I think, state, every county went red. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not saying Trump is a God emperor or anything like that. But I would rather be surrounded by people who will leave me alone than people who won't, Mm. simply put. I like West Virginia because it's culturally purple. Like, it was such a blue state for such a long time, and it's changed to being red now. I mean, I think it is. I said this before, but it's a marker of the fact that the parties are changing, but the people's values aren't necessarily. They're not being interpreted or projected by the parties the way they were back in the day. Um, And I, I don't know. I think that you'll see that there are states that turn blue because of migration, but you'll see... States that turn purple because they're not represented equally by the two-party system That's anymore. That's a good point. You were saying earlier, Danny, that you thought that, like, uh, it, that, that, um, <clears throat> oh, I think I lost my thought there. Oh, that the rhino, you don't like the term rhino, dino, you know, yeah. Republican anymore only. And what you're saying, Hannah Claire, is like that the people aren't being represented by the party. There's too many disparate ideas to repre- have one party represent them. There should be lots of different parties at this state at this point, I think. Because people are, are rhinos. They're, they, they say they're Republican because it's one or the other. you got to pick one. But your identity is not – doesn't fall in line with that, that Well, there message. used to be the term like blue blood Democrat, right? Blue dog, yeah. Which blue was dog. Yeah, blue dog Democrat or whatever it is. But like it's like back then like you were – like kind of how I look at myself. Like I don't want you spending my money. You know what I'm saying? I don't want you in my life. But I don't care what you do in your life. Like knock yourself out. It doesn't bother me at all. Like if you want to hug trees, hug trees. I'm cool with that. But – that's gone now. And what I can't understand is how the parties continuously switch back and forth as to who's who. You guys were talking about it the other day where like now the, now the Republican party is becoming like the blue collar working person, right? <laughs> where that was the Democrats for a long time. Like it was blue collar unions, the whole nine yards. So I, I admit one point in time, Democrats had the KKK. You know, what, when were we, how do you, how does that switch happen? I don't think it ever switched. Really? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I, there's there's a whole bunch of articles and many have written their thesis on how the parties which never happened. But I think if you look at the Democrats today and you look at the Democrats in the 50s and go back, you're like their policies had this similar results across the board. It was just. I mean, it is what it is. The whole like places like Baltimore, like how do you blame Republicans and Democrats have been in charge there for what? And Chicago and how do you blame uh, the right for police brutality or, you know, they march in New York City, but they keep voting for these people to keep doing it. Then protest the people they're voting for. Mm. They talk about racist cops. Yo, you live in a Democrat stronghold in New York where Democrats are appointing the racists. That's why I'm like. It's not changed. It's the same thing. They just need the PR push to claim it did. 
Hmm. I look at the policies Democrats are enacting. Look at this. California, they tried to repeal their civil rights provision from their state constitution. That's the Democrats for you. You know, it's funny. Right now, I was, I was like, I was, po- I was trolling on Twitter. And I put something like, uh, someone commented about a- abortion and um, denial of personhood rights. And I said, yeah, well, you know who else wanted to not deny personhood rights? And I was going to put the Confederacy. And then I was like, that was also the Democrats. Oh, wait a and I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> the Democrats back then denied personhood. They denied it today. You know, look, you want to you issue a moral statement on abortion? Fine. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the left is inherently of opposing personhood rights for the unborn. It was the Democratic Party that opposed personhood rights for slaves. The Republicans wanted civil rights and constitutional rights for everybody. So you think the Democrats just for literally the entire time with the United States just have a better PR team? Well, I don't know about a better PR team. I, I think they had a worse PR team in the Civil War. Everyone, like, you had, you had to think what, almost three times as many Union soldiers fighting against them. Yeah. So, uh, I think maybe later on they started to figure out, maybe in the past several decades, they learned control of institutions was, was power and they needed to seize it. You know, I take a look at a lot of the, you know, we talked a bit about this the other day. You take a look at AOC pretending to be handcuffed and it's just like manipulation for power. Oh, she actually said something about that. Said that if it's it was you, just you're su- safer. Yeah, you're supposed to keep them down and back because otherwise, if your arms are flailing, they might say you're resisting arrest. Oh, come on! I really wanted the headline on our site to be AOC poses in ha- handcuffs in front of Capitol because it was just like such a moment. She clearly decided that was the way it was supposed to be. But no. is anything less impressive than getting being a Congress person getting arrested where there's absolutely going to be no real yeah. repercussion against you? Like. Catch and release. Yeah. Did she face any backlash for that from people being like, no there are people who are arrested who don't have the ability to get out of jail the way you would, you know? I wouldn't be surprised if the woke comes for its own being like, you're privileged. That's why you got out of jail yeah. or whatever. And then she'd be like, but I'm fighting for you. And it's just like, look, it is, it is undeniable that you have many Democrats today who will publicly scream racism is bad, whereas you had Democrats in the past who would scream that segregation was good. Like the problem is Democrats saying racism is bad is just a mask for them saying segregation is good. Democrats are outright the party of segregation today. And they've always been. That's why I'm like, I don't know where that party is, which supposedly happened. You can say it was the fifties or whatever, but when you go to Seattle or Portland, you see the libraries and they have POC and non POC rooms. You're like, yeah, it ain't the Republicans who are calling for that. It's the Democrats. Once again, wasn't there a college where a, a bunch of uh, or a group of students of color had been like, we want our own dorm. We should be like allowed to have our own space. And it, you were thinking like, yeah, but like I thought them. this is segregation. I thought we had fought against this. They do that. They, 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 I was reading someone's article about how they have like Asian dorms and black dorms. I think it's like UC, the UC system in California, mm-hmm. University of California system. And, and, and the, the answer I think they gave, I could be wrong, was like, people want this. And I'm like, you know, I guess. It doesn't mean you you make it. You know what I mean? If, yeah. if if you know if people choose to live next to each other, I guess there's not really much you can say. If people are looking for a dorm and you're like, that's the dorm for your race, that's the dorm for their race. It's like that's a that's a bad idea. You should not do that. I just thought it was weird because it's these institutions that like charge you a bunch of money to live like this far away, like one arm's length away from the other person. Their rooms are so small you can touch your roommate's bed, and then they're like, no, but but if people want to live by race, it's fine. Like they don't actually care about how people live how They're crazy about is the that, money man. i remember hanging out at the columbia dorms in chicago and it's a two-bedroom with i think eight or maybe it was four or eight people i'm not sure i think it was four people each room had two bunk beds in it 
I had a bunk bed in it for two beds. And then they were like, it's a thousand bucks a month to live here. And then what? I was like, you live with three other people and you spend a thousand dollars a month. Why don't y'all just like, I don't know, buy a house. You got four grand per month. You can go buy a house not that far away from here. And they're like, I don't know. Well, colleges make it a requirement to live on campus. Yeah. So that first year they're charging you and you have to buy whatever the biggest like food pa- or meal package or whatever else. So they're guaranteeing money. I mean, they are not in it for your personal growth. They're in it for their bottom line. College is a scam. Yep. Yeah. Do they actually make people live on campus? There were people yeah. that would commute yeah. on when I was going. I, I mean, different yeah. schools do it different ways, but a lot of schools, the first year, first two, you're required to live on campus. It's like a status school where it's like cool for you to be part of it. So they want to make... You well, have to be. You have to agree to it. Like it's community cool. college, and no I one cares that you're going. You can commute all you want. Yeah. Well, they like market it to like families as like, oh, so your student can get adjusted and be acclimated and like get used to living away from home. Like it's a safety net. Ba- like they're gonna kind of babysit your kid for you. That is cultish beyond measure. I didn't know they were forcing kids to go stay there with them while they indoctrinate them. I thought that people could still commute. <laughs> That's well, crazy. it's just the first yep. two years when you're the most vul- yeah. vulnerable right. to indoctrination. Most susceptible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, okay, let's 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 get good news. Good news for everybody, yeah. so you can you can have some optimism and hope for your day. <laughs> Federal probe into Hunter Biden has reached a critical juncture, and investigators are weighing possible charges. So I don't know. Crack your beers. Yes. Order your pizzas. Get your wings. Have a celebration. Kick back. Nothing's happened yet, but maybe Hunter Biden will actually be charged for being a criminal. Do you guys think that's actually going to happen? No. no. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like sprinkling a little bit of hope in front of us. It's so nice. This like was, maybe there's going to be some accountability. I think well, what would happen even if he was, right? I mean, everybody's seen all the – I mean, we literally have video footage. You know, it's kind of like that old – I feel uh, better. You know, it's kind of like that old joke where they were like, how would – what would – I think Dave Chappelle's one that did it. It was like, how would you agree that it was uh, – R. Kelly actually did it. I'd have to have a video of his grandma pointing at him going, that's my baby. Like, there's countless videos of him doing coke, doing coke, crack, crack weapons, strippers. The, the weighing meth video was like the funniest where he's like, Insane. he's arguing with the hooker about how much meth he's got on his scale. Is that meth or crack? I've heard both. Did you ever? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was it's meth. everything. It's I'm probably pretty, everything. A little bit point. of a lot. Do you remember things. when Bush's daughters, like, it was a big scandal because they were like, buying alcohol oh, underage yeah. and now we have like Hunter Biden who's <laughs> like with his hookers weighing his meth like <laughs> w- what a country what a time and she's like that's 20.7 he goes it's 20.6 oh okay like I, she's trying to rip him off I got I mean you gotta charge you gotta at least he's a negotiator do you see yeah. the was it the Babylon Bee that wrote inflation is so bad you can only buy <laughs> yeah, so. 20 you know it was like you can only buy 2.6 grams of crack from what for what you used to be able to buy 20.6 so or whatever <laughs> yeah I mean, if he gets char- if he gets charged, it gives me a you know, I go from having no faith in the government to having like point one percent. Yeah, faith in really. The Will he throw his child under the bus to to renegotiate faith? I think you know? it must be a crazy time to be his kids. I think one of his daughters is getting married. They're going to host her reception at the White House. Like, meanwhile, while she's planning that, we have like her dad's hooker and meth photos. The question out. is, like, oh, one of Hunter's daughters. Yeah, one of Hunter's daughters wow. is supposed to be getting married. I think. I think it's one of the Biden granddaughters is gonna have a reception at the white house i assume soon before he has to maybe leave office uh but i think it's one of hunter's daughters and i just think like man that's your dad do like, you invite weird. dad is he allowed to come to the wedding oh i don't know definitely invite him video well, chat if careful, you know like if you're hunter just word of the wise a word 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 from the wise hunter make sure your dad doesn't sniff your daughter yeah oh, does he get to bring a date is the question like, uh, what <laughs> lady oh, allegedly <laughs> he must allegedly hunter calls his dad a pedo mm-hmm. so, really that was so it's allegedly, yeah, they're yeah, reading potential his text messages. leaked texts. He refers to his dad as Peter, Peto Peter. 
Which is honestly like, if you think about it like that, then you almost kind of have to have like, he almost becomes a sympathetic figure. Like, is he that Hunter. messed up? Yeah. Because, think, you yep. know. I think Joe oh. Biden abused Hunter. Oh, for sure. Like, how do you get a guy raising a family that wealthy to turn out the way he did with hookers and all these drugs? Because his, his dad gropes and sniffs little kids publicly. What does he do with them in private? He was probably vacant a lot, too, being a politician, Absolutely. working on the Hill. Like, he was always away at work. His, lifts his son. His his son's mom and, and sister had died in the car accident when he was like two. When Hunter was two, he was in the car with them. So he lost his mom. He lost his sister. His brother actually died, uh, Bo Biden, yeah. from cancer a while back, like a decade ago or something. So, Hunter, I mean, what a broken environment just from a, a top-down observation looking at that family. Yeah. Now, the, then you add the personal stuff that he actually calls his dad, allegedly, Pedo Peter. You don't just joke around about your parents being pedophiles. No, I don't know people that joke around about their parents being pedophile. Yeah, I've never met weird. somebody like that. No, Unless I was he's not joking. Yeah, I always thought it was weird that during I think it was it must have been the 2020 uh, Democratic National Convention that they were highlighting all of his granddaughters really intensely, and then all of a sudden they're like, and his one grandson, they're like, we talk to grandpa every day, and like we do this, and like you know, I obviously hope they have a very positive and healthy relationship with whoever in their lives, but like. They really, really focused on these girls, ignoring the fact that he had two sons. They didn't really talk about any of his actual kids. It's like they needed a fresh face because maybe everyone else, like, couldn't manage to swing a positive statement about Biden. It was just weird. You're talking about Joe, uh, Joe Hunter's daughters or Joe's? It, so he has, like, five grandchildren, I think, and I think it's uh, – or maybe four. But it's, like, two girls from Bo's marriage and then a boy and a girl from hunter's marriage the tara reed complaints so, where she said he pushed her up against the wall and just basically sexually assaulted her in one of the cap in one of the buildings over there on, on at the capitol and like the way he grabs women and i'm talking about joe biden has on video like grabbed women and smelled them and sometimes you see the girls recoil like that one redhead girl was like recoiling from it i mean very overtly like w making that face like what is he doing kind of face and you can hear him going like give me some of that sugar that's so nasty <laughs> it's so just i mean that hard grab you know i mean that's like an old 1950s smack her when she's like if she's if you're angry it kind of Come on, man. Life. You gotta give her a firm, open palm smack on the bottom. The Tara Reed stuff has to be investigated. I mean, it was so, her claims are so damning about what he did to her. I mean, dude, look at the guy. There's websites dedicated to showing him sniffing and groping and mm -hmm. just like a, it's, 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 it's abusive to children. You know? Truly, stuff. literally, what that girl was going through when that redhead girl was, that was like a form of abuse. Remember when Joe Biden would say, that, you know, I'd be at the pool and the kids would touch my hairy legs. I got hairy legs. Remember that stuff? Yeah. Someone made a meme and they said, uh, uh, what if Corn Pop actually was just a dude who saw Biden creeping on children and called him out? What's the Corn Pop story? Joe Biden said he saw a guy get up on a diving board or he's running or something. And he said, hey, Esther, stop running. And the guy was like, what did you call me? And he called her Esther Williams or something. So then the Corn Pop guy, you know, had a, he had a razor blade. You put it in a rain barrel, get it all rusty, you know? And then Joe, you know, some, some guy told him to get a chain and fight him. And then Joe said, I apologize for calling you Esther, man. I shouldn't have done that. And the, the guy backed off. And it was a story he told at the pool. And a bunch of people were like, you know what makes more sense is that a young-ish, a young man, Joe Biden, was creeping on children because he's, he's, you know, a creepo. And this dude saw him and was like, yo, get out. What the, you know what I mean? Hmm. I mean, Biden told the stories like the kids would grab his legs. It's a creepy story anyway. I got hairy legs. The kids would grab my legs and they would rub them and the hairs would go straight. That's what he said. 
I think Corn Pop may have been like, you leave those kids alone, man. <laughs> That's Shout nuts. out to Corn Pop. Shout yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, what if Corn Pop was the good guy? He was the hero we needed. The twist. Mm, That's yeah. the twist. We- That's the twist we need. I mean, I think Joe Biden's an abusive guy. I think he's a corrupt guy. I think he's crooked across the board. And it wouldn't surprise me if this whole sick thing is an act so that people think he's a bumbling idiot when he's actually just gutting the country. Regarding this story about Hunter Biden possible charges, what are these possible charges for? Tax uh, false tax violations or making false statements when buying a gun. Mm. He would have been prohibited from purchasing a gun because he admitted he has a drug problem. And that's what everybody was calling out. Like, you you care about gun control? Start with arresting Hunter Biden, who lied in his gun form. Mm. We all saw it. And oh, then he threw the gun in a dumpster. No, was it his 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 wife? Somebody threw it in a dumpster. Threw it in a dumpster school. next to a school. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> well, that's you know. always been the issue with when people are screaming for gun control. Like you've got you've got gun control in place everywhere and there. You just don't actually enforce it. Mm. So what's another rule? What's another law? It's not going to do anything. But now that I mean, I didn't know the thing about the pedo thing. I was I was sexually abused as a kid, and so mm. like that has a you know that has a a relatively profound effect on you for the rest of your life. And now like. Now you made me feel so bad for the guy. I'm like, man, Lord, what if he really does have all that issue and he's just been the scapegoat for this the whole time? Yeah, Hunter Biden was probably abused by his dad. I mean, I do think, though, that like people who suffer horrible things as kids still have some responsibility for the damage they cause as adults. I I absolutely agree with that. I'm a big person for personal accountability. But at the same time, like for me, it was like family members that did it to me, but they weren't setting congressmen. You know, there's a there's also like a level of, I don't know if you're at that position or you're president. Like I've met a couple of presidents, and like it's weird. Like you get an, it's almost like a presence about them. And so you add on top of the fact that they're your dad, that oh yeah, they're one of the most powerful men in the country too. Like what could he have got that guy to do? You know, what if he was just a scapegoat? What if it was more than just? Uh, he was, you know, sexually abusing him. The mental side of it. Hey, you know what? You're going to do this. You're going to do this. I'm going to actually put you out as a pawn. So if anything bad happens, it's happening to you. It's not happening to me. But I'm still going to reap the benefit of all the deals that you make. I've heard that Jill and Hunter also do not get along at all. Jill, Joe's current wife, at you know, his Hunter's stepmom, yeah. basically, now this is hypothetically, just resents Hunter because not only does he remind Jill of his his mother, Joe's first wife, and probably love of his life or something, but like Hunter's a an, a, a screw up, and yeah. so he's putting a bad name out there. So she's like, oh, and he's hurting Joe's reputation. I can't, you know. So, but in the text, he's like really vicious against her as well, which I imagine is another layer of stress, mm-hmm. family stress, personal stress. I have sympathy for him, but I don't doesn't condone the behavior. Yeah, I mean, I can sympathize with like victimhood, but nothing that he's done. You know, like look, he's an adult man who has done really messed up things. That's 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 on him. It's a lot of it's too is nonviolent. So that's you got to take that into account too. Like oh, possession yeah, like, charges, you know, prostitution, drug charges. Like no one's dying. If people have been shown up dead, oh, I was talking about talking. his illicit business dealings with foreign. That's government, actually you know? way a bigger deal yeah. than right. the coke or the the drugs, in my opinion. Well, maybe that's why they go for the gun thing or this type of charge here because. We can say we convict you on something or yep. we can, we can go that, but we're actually going to ignore the really bad things that you did. They distract from the bigger issues and the illicit business dealings by lock, you know, give, and they'll give them a slap on the wrist. It'll be like, well, it's your first time and you know, you're going to get a year probation or something. Yeah. Well, and and I, I stand by Biden like, pardons them. Yeah. Well, I stand judges. by like, there's a bunch of kids, like there are young children. I mean, they're in their twenties or teens now, but like, remember that Hunter had an affair with 
Bo, like he was married and then he had an affair with Bo's widow. Like uh-huh. there are, your actions have tons of consequences. There are people who you brought into this world who did not choose to be the grandchild of a politician to be the, the daughters and sons of like a guy who is, you know, I, I want to be empathetic to what he might be struggling with, but at the same time, like this guy is, Destructive, and he takes people down with him. It seems like, especially people who don't and he really deserve it. it. Yeah, sure does. yeah, he yeah. just filmed. But he's everything. really good at weighing math. So it's it's, good, it's yeah. almost like there's that uh, James O'Keefe meme where it's it's like a, a guy meets a hot girl and then immediately just says to her like, "So let me tell you about the co- all the corporate <laughs> malfeasance I'm involved in." Yeah, and you wonder why it is like James gets these guys on camera like, "Why are you telling them about these things? You do at your job that's wrong. It's so weird." And Hunter Biden's like an inverse of that where he's like, I'm doing something legal. Better get my camera out. No, what the heck? Better film it and put it on my phone, the I mean, cloud in my laptop. Oh, it feels like a self-destructive streak. Like, like where it's I'm like, trying to get caught. Like I yeah. keep, I keep like, I, you know, I want to, I want to make atonement, right? Maybe he has a conversation with Jesus every night and he's like, I'm really messing this up. So I'm, I'm trying to get what's supposed to come to me, but they just won't arrest me no matter what I send them. Yeah. Leaving the laptop uh, like he did that. You could argue maybe he was drug addled and forgot it, but that feels like self hatred and like he wants to take down Joe and he wants to expose it all, but doesn't have the strength. Feels like he can't overtly do it, I so don't he know. make it seem like an. Or accident. maybe he just knows nothing's going to happen to him and is like flaunting it in your face. Maybe. I'm going to do whatever I want. You can't do anything about it. I'm protected by Dad, and we just can call it a day. I think drug addled makes sense, but he probably then, walked in and he was like, yeah, "Fix it." He might have forgot that he left it there, but. But drugs, most well, actually, I don't know. I can't speak for all drugs, so I don't I mean, know. If what he was doing crap, meth, yeah, he's probably wired. Yeah, I don't know. What he the, probably the, took that memory. whole computer apart and rebuilt it himself. <laughs> Maybe Biden's kids are just very forgetful. I mean, he leaves laptop. Ashley leaves her diary. Like they just are not good at keeping track of their belongings. Yeah, it's just a stutter. Record everything. He just mm-hmm. stuttered. No, I'm just kidding. That was a that's a All Joe right. Biden meme. <sighs> let's not jump, just a stutter, by the way. Let's yeah. jump to this uh, very Tim Pool esque story from the Daily Mail. Oh Half of Americans expect a second civil war within years. More than forty percent agree with Great Replacement theory, and nearly a fifth expect they will choose to bring a gun to a violent political what route? Oh. Alarming poll shows. How do you poll that? <laughs> that's bold. Call a thousand people and be like, "Do you plan on bringing a gun to a political event?" Like, yes, I do. Okay, indeed, I do. I recommend against that. Hmm. Half of Americans expect to see a second civil war within years, and nearly a fifth say they could one day be toting guns at a political face-off themselves. Wow. Researchers at the University of California Davis uncovered worrying levels of alienation, mistrust, and a growing tendency to turn violence in their recently conducted survey of 8,620 adults. That's a huge sample size. How many? How, yeah. 8,620. Oh, wow. That's like four times what's considered a good number. Let me tell you why I think it's worse than people realize. Because when I call, when I'm talking to a lawyer, they say, pick your jurisdiction based on which president appointed them. And I'm like, okay, that's not a tenable circumstance. You can't have a country where this, this district judge is a Biden, this one's Trump, so what's your case for and against? Okay, then go to the Trump one. Hmm. If it's, it's like that juror in the, in the Bannon thing who said, I don't care what he says because of who he affiliates with. It doesn't matter. If you're a conservative and you're in DC under, on trial, locked up. If you're a, if you're a liberal on trial, now nah, you're fine. They'll release you. What's the great replacement thing they're talking about? Mm. Uh, Browning d- of America. It depends on, depends on who you ask, but there's, it's basically that immigration is displacing, uh, natural born Americans. And then there's the white nationalist version. So, like, the left will say it's always the idea that white people are being displaced by brown people. But many people who are talking about immigration might just say it's 
natural born citizens being replaced by yeah, you know, foreign citizens. The, I think the argument on the, from the left, you know, is that over time people of color will 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 get married to and have children with people of not color. If that's what we're the point, we're all mm-hmm. color, but like whatever. The people of a, a, European ancestry will get with people from South America or whatever, and then their children will be mixed. That's that kind of replacement. Not that someone's going to come in the, from South America and then you're going to be unemployed and no longer be participating in society. That's the white nationalist fear. Of replacement, I think it could be both. Both, no, both I think could be what's going to happen. What they're, what they're saying is that the white population is decreasing, the white nationalist version, and then minority populations are increasing. The general idea is just Democrats have publicly stated immigration is a path to political power for them, and it's it's simple. Leftists don't have kids; they're more likely to abort and sterilize. So, how do they compete with conservatives who have lots of kids? Immigration, education. But here's a question: Yes, and indoctrination for, the, for people that say. For people that say there's there's a, a civil war, who's leading? Mm-hmm. How's it split? Right? Like we don't have the same, you know, we don't have North versus South in this. What side countries did? Was that what countries did? Most civil wars don't function that way. Most civil wars are like random factions all over the place that eventually coalesce when fighting starts. So the U.S. is unique in that you had a union of states break apart. And then the Union was like, you can't break apart, invaded the South, the South, you know, teams up or whatever, joins forces. Most civil wars are like a random faction with a weird name starts fighting in one area against the government. Then other factions pop up that eventually groups coalesce and then they're fighting each other. You take a look at like in Syria, you had 12 different factions merge under ISIS, you know. So one scenario could be. With the United States, it very well could be uh, state versus state. It could be like the old civil war. The, the scenario that we talked about quite a bit over the past week is what happens if a man and a woman, you know, get together and the woman gets pregnant in Texas where it's illegal to abort. Yeah. And then at eight months, the woman decides to go to Colorado to abort and the husband or, or the husband or boyfriend or whatever is like, I will not allow you to kill my child. Now you're going to have a very serious conflict because there's no federal statute and both states are completely on the other end. One saying it's, it's you're killing a child. The other saying, no, we're not. We're allowed to do it. One saying it's illegal. The other saying it's not. What happens is 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 are, is the is the guy just going to sit back and bet? Guess my my unborn child dies in violation of the law, or are people going to fight? You know, there's actually I forget who it is. If you haven't seen it, there's actually a, I think they did it at the Army War College. They did a scenario of what would happen if America fought against itself and mm-hmm. how the states would go. Texas won in their uh in their deal. But for me it's like with everybody shifting, do you to wherever they're going, like blues moving to red, does it ever just get to a point where it's like, okay, well I don't really care that much because you're not overtly affecting Texas. You know what I'm saying? Like you go to where you want to live, essentially. Federalism. Right? And now we're not we're not it doesn't really bother me. What happened in Maryland doesn't bother me because I'm in Texas or vice versa. Unless do you think that's someone, a stopping point before it and keeps that from happening? Or do you think that know, exasperates I, it? I, I think it might be better in the long run. Federalism. And we talked about this when we had the, the progressive feller on talking about abortion. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe it's better that we do overturn Roe v. Wade so that the states who want to live the way they want to live can. And the other states can have their abortion. Texas can, can, can ban it. But I just don't think the ideology stops there. I don't think someone who truly believes abortion is murder can sit back and let people murder babies. And I don't think the left has a strong moral position on abortion at all. They're just tribally for it. 
So that's why I don't see the left as like possibly going to invade Texas to make abortion happen. They might secretly do it. Maybe there's money involved. But I do see it as Texas or some other state that bans abortion as being willing to send people or even unofficially to stop abortion, right? If you take a look at the first civil war, John Brown just took it amongst himself. What were the factions? There was one country. John Brown went and started shooting slave owners in the face. It didn't matter that there was not an organized faction. It happened when the fighting broke out, then organized factions emerged. So maybe that happens. That's a fair point. Maybe you get, uh, you're going to see Texas and they're going to be like, here's our annual report. 3,786 unborn children were, were, were aborted in a neighboring state. And they're going to be like, okay, this has to stop because we are morally opposed to the, to abortion. And the other state says, we're allowed to do it and you can't do anything about it. How long until a new John Brown emerges? We've already had violence at abortion clinics and, and, and vice versa with the left firebombing pregnancy centers. But how long now with the current situation until you get a John Brown and a bleeding Kansas where he goes into Colorado and just starts getting violent or something? Big difference. I think the big difference between abortion and slavery, they're similar. But is that slavery is in plain sight, but abortion is like mm. out of sight, out of mind. Because when I hear when you see the ultrasound, women, they become way less likely to want to kill the thing. The th- I know it sounds crass, but just get past that part. Um, and so you just don't see it. And it's like if you don't see the sewage, the sewage isn't that big of a problem. Um, slavery, man, that drove people insane. People went nuts over that. Well, well again, it's and, I, and I would now, too. I don't like it. It's also the issue, though, where I can see what you're saying happens is the fact that AOC, it's it's legal where she is, right, and who she represents. Yep. But then she's still going out there and making this plead for the case for it to affect states that are outside of her jurisdiction. And I, I mean, now that you break it down that way, that's an explanation for like, okay, this is why it's crossing the line because you're trying to make it happen at a federal level what we can do at a state level. Well, let me ask you, Ian, how do you feel about abortion? What's your thoughts on it? I don't like it, man. I don't like it at all. Um, but do you think it should be legal? Do you, yeah. So I'll, I'll present, pre- present it to you this way. When slavery was happening, I'm sure a lot of people said exactly what you said. I don't like it, but, you know, it's, it's, it's legal in those states. Yeah, okay. good point. And then what happens after the war? After the war, they're like, you supported them. You were defending them. You weren't speaking out. History is written by the victors. Mm-hmm. And that's why the left likes to say, you're on the wrong side of history. Because they firmly believe that when the fighting's done or whatever, they'll be, they'll be the victors. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Uh, history has a tendency towards the, the expansion of personhood rights. So I don't understand why this would be the, the, the anomaly here in terms of, well, this one time we've decided the, you know, these, these unique individuals with DNA are not to be granted personhood rights. Circumstances are different. You know, with slavery, a, a person, like human being living and walking with abortion, they're still dependent to a certain degree on the mother's body, but that's where viability comes in. If the baby is viable outside the womb, this is the big question. Someone in Texas, a woman, can take a viable child. Let's say, let's say like the scenario with the man and the woman, they get, they hook up, they're together. At eight months, the woman says, I don't want to be with this guy. If I have this kid, I'm trapped. I'm going to go get an abortion. The guy says, you don't need to kill it. We can do it. We can, we can do a, a induced labor or C-section right now. The baby is viable and healthy and doesn't need your body to live. And she goes, don't care. I'm going to kill it. Mm. That's where the moral line is drawn. Not in like the first week where she realizes she's pregnant and it's a, you know, it's a zygote or whatever and it's not viable. We're talking about a woman who could say, I could have this baby delivered, but then I'd be responsible for it. So I'd rather flee to Colorado to kill it. Now you're in crazy territory. See, my problem with everything has also always been the hypocrisy of it, meaning that 
if somebody were to murder a pregnant woman, they're getting charged with two counts of murder. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm like, I just want everything to be equal, right? Like, well, if what the rule is, the rule is the rule. So if it's if it's two murder, if I kill a pregnant woman, then we have then we're saying that the baby is alive. You can't now turn around and you're going to put that man or that person in prison for the rest of their life based on two counts of murder. That, that was California, right? Was that yeah. Peterson? Yeah, yeah, but then you turn around and then when it's abortion, well, it's not a life. So how, how can you do that? That's the part that is always, it's always that's, like not set well with that's me. That's why I think the, let's just call it the pro-abortion post-viability side, the pro-abortion side. I think they're going to lose. I think it is a fair assessment to say, based on where history, where, where we've come from and where we're going, that 50 years from now, people will look back on abortion the way they looked at it, uh, looked at slavery. Mm -hmm. But you know what my issue is? I'm actually curious what you think on this. This is the problem that I had with the overturning of it, is, you know, the, that branch is supposed to be independent of political party, right? But it absolutely is 100%. You guys talked about this before. Like, we, they want to now stack the, they want to stack it because they can't get their policies through. It's still frightening to me that based on who you put in those chairs, we can have a complete 180 of an interpretation of the foundational law of the land simply based on the partisan views of the person that's supposed to be in no, the no, judge. No, no, no. So sure. That's, that's, that's you agreeing with the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court, Clarence Thomas particularly wrote, they keep doing this thing called, was it substantive due process or something like that? This idea that there are some things that are just so, so uh, egregious or whatever that no amount of due process would, would be uh, uh, adequate to deal with the situation. That is to say, they're like, the courts should not be allowed to deny this to a person because they're a person. And it's like, what the Supreme Court is saying now is Congress codify it. The Supreme Court does not decide this. What, what, so from your perspective, and, and I, I, I agree with what you're saying, the Supreme Court should have never decided to legislate from the bench. Correct. Here's the challenge though. The country's too divided to actually move forward on a lot of issues. Now, they just recently, uh, in the House codified gay marriage. And it's very likely the Senate will support it. Excellent. I don't know if they've ever done that with uh, interracial marriage either though. But there's a bunch of issues the Supreme Court effectively forces through without the will of the people, without the, 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 electorate, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. The Supreme Court today said, we don't have the authority to do that. Clarence Thomas went on to say, we should revisit these other cases to also correct these errors. And oh, so what he was essentially saying there was that we should put this back to the legislator to make the decision on it. Yep. We don't have the authority or capacity to actually rule on it. But yep. how people reacted was, he's trying to end into Well, I mean, the truth marriage. of the matter is no one's, I mean, in my case, no one explained it like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's what we talked about earlier is like everything's a, a two second soundbite. Mm -hmm. So you don't ever actually get any context behind anything anymore, which is why it's also so damn easy to get everybody riled up and angry about what's going on. I'd love to, to know how many people think that the Supreme Court just made abortion illegal. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. Uh, an insane <laughs> amount. Yes. That's wild. Yep. An insane amount. Well, and then I would have people say to me like, well, when you like this means that when women who have a uh, stillborn baby aren't going to be able to get treated because Please. it's it's not considered an abortion when you have a stillborn baby and you're too far along and the baby is surgically removed from your body. Like that's tragic. That's sad. But like it's not actually an abortion. And no one thought it was an abortion until we suddenly decided that the Supreme Court had taken abortion away from everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there was a 
such an intense panic. I mean, I really want to know how much Planned Parenthood fundraised in the last month because everyone panicked and was like, we have to figure out how to protect this right. Which, like, I I just think that so much got lost in translation. And if you really believe that abortion is, you know, a right that you need to have, I respect that. Like, I don't have to agree with you. But I think so many outlets and so many people did a disservice to everyone around them by just panicking and encouraging people to panic. And well, they use the most extreme they use, and listen, both sides are guilty of this. They use the most extreme case of whatever it is to justify whatever point it is that they're trying to make. Right. And for example, when the people that were very uh, pro abortion are like, they're going to make your rape daughter give birth. Right. And I got two, I'm, I got, I'm a girl dad. I got two daughters and (laughs) that's, that's touches a nerve. You know what I'm saying? But that's what we lead with when the reality is, that's a very small exception to the rule, and in, and in, in my knowledge of, I wouldn't go put my hand on the Bible on this, but in my knowledge, in most cases, in most states, even with even when it's banned, that's permitted. Like this happened, like no, you don't have to do it. So people make that because they get everybody riled up over it, and it's just super super easy, and nobody ever steps back and goes, okay. Well, well, what is the actual reality of this? How often does it happen? Mm-hmm. What are the circumstances for it to happen? Um, but you have to pick a side, you know, and that's what makes it so bad. You can't be like, listen, I, I don't necessarily support it. I'm kind of in the same ilk as you. And then Tim made me feel bad because he equated it to slavery. And <laughs> now I feel dirty. But, no. um, you know, it's it, I'm the same with you. Like, do I like it? No. What I am I for it? No, but at the same time, like, I don't know if I have any ability to look at you and tell you what you have to do. Well, let me, let me you know, I was just thinking of something. Um, slavery is wrong. Uh, however, parents have legal control over people under a certain age. True. Certainly it's not slavery, but they can tell the kids you're going to military school. They can tell the kid you got to mow the lawn and the parents have a right to tell the kid where they live, what they do until they're of the age of majority. And so I was thinking about that because it's interesting with abortion, there's also a problem and it's when the life becomes viable. When a child becomes an adult, they are a legal entity unto themselves and they are immediately severed and free to live their lives as they see fit. Children that want to do that earlier can file for emancipation. They can be emancipated. Yeah. Funny choice of words, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that there is an age restriction on when someone can actually dictate your life to a certain degree. They can't beat you and things like that. And then there's abortion where I'm actually m- more of the traditional pro-choice where it's like pre-viability. I, I totally understand what, what, what the Roe decision was trying to say in terms of the privacy of the individual, but also, you know, like where the government can step in for medical procedures. The problem I have with it is it's all elective abortion, like 93%. It's, it's all, insane. it's just use of using it as contraception and just, I don't know, debauchery and things like that. But I still fall on a more libertarian side of like, I don't know how the government should be stepping in, but you get to the point of viability. Now the baby can survive on its own. Now you should not kill it because you can just let it live. It can be removed. I think, right? I think 99.9% of Americans are with you on that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I think a lot of times people, well, I think people don't think 90. that that, I don't think people think that that's what happens. It, at least in the conversations that I've had with people, and I think I have a, a mixed bag of friends, those that are for it and those that aren't, a lot of folks are like, 
but that doesn't ever happen. And I, I don't know enough about it to know whether it does or not. But you know, those are the, those are the, the people that are, are anti-abortion. Those are the videos that they show, right? They, the, the cartoon animation where you're going in with the forceps and you're literally ripping the child apart and pulling them out. Everyone shows you the most extreme yeah. side of it, you know? And so for me, when I, when I look at it, it, it comes into thing, at the end of the day, the way I feel personally is like, it's all about responsibility, right? Like no one told you that you had to have sex. Right. And then there were all these other options that you could have done through it. So for me personally, if it was just my body and I was a woman, it's like, yo, like if I'm going to have a kid, then I'm going to have it. Where my issue comes in is with hypocrisy. As a man, I got no say in nothing, but I'm absolutely on the hook for any of the financial responsibility. You talking about it from a standpoint of the child's viable. The man has no say in it at all, period. Like, I can't say I want to have a child, right? Somehow I'm involved in this process, but somehow I'm absolutely not in control of this process at all. But I'm 100% responsible for the outcome of the process is done. And people will always use, like, deadbeat dads. I'm like... That's that's the same thing like gun laws. Like there's laws for you to not buy guns illegally. People do it. Like, but at the end of the day, if you go to court, like I had a buddy in Texas, and Texas will literally not give you will not give you fifty fifty split. The mother gets fifty one percent custody. Wow. So on the days that there's an extra day, she always gets the child. Wow. But he still has a hundred percent child support. Yep. And she has a job. So that's always been my thing. Like, I'm, broken. I'm cool with the fact that the dude has no choice, no say in the matter. But what I also would like to see happen is if the dude says, yo, cool, not my body, not my choice. I don't want the kid. I'm under no obligation to take care of the kid. The man should have that same right, too, in my opinion. Let's keep it fair. Let's go to Super Chats. If you have not already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. And if you really want to support our work and you want to watch the After Hours Uncensored show, head over to TimCast.com, click the Join Us button, and join us. We also have Cast Castle moving to be a weekly, more sitcom style show. We're expanding it. It's still going to be there's, – there's, there's still going to be real behind-the-scenes elements to the show, but we're expanding the comedy and the humor because we wanted to do a comedy and humor show. And I got to be completely honest. The vlog just was not really working. So we were like, let's let's make it something. Let's 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 transform it. So that's what we're doing. Ian's been absolutely slaying on it. Yeah, I'm, produce, I'm giving it a little boost of nitro. The only one with any acting skills in the house. So Rock and roll, baby. It's working out It's really well. fun. We shot some scenes today. It was great to be back on set. Yep, yep. And uh, then we have Tales from the Inverted World, so check that out. And at 11 p.m., we're going to have the members-only show, After Dark, Uncensored. Maybe you'll get a little heated, but uh, let's read some Super Chats. Ian Hall says, brain cancer or being a lefty? Same difference. Yikes. Kyle says, all my guns are trans muskets. Trans muskets are muskets. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll have to remember that. Love says, two nights in a row with no notification, and I have the bell run for all. Imagine my surprise, mm. you bunch of wor- wrong thinkers, lol. Yeah, smash the um, bell icon, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if that matters. <laughs> all right. Raymond G. Maga Stanley Jr. says, thanks, guys. I was late for work today. Couldn't leave my car. I had to finish last night's IRL uncensored, <laughs> substantive, inspiring with a pinch of spice. Indeed, it was. A hefty show. Uh, a lot of people responding to last night's episode. Ian, I apologize for being heated. That oh, was, that was yeah. I was thinking the same thing, man. You, my, our friend. I, I, I love it was you. A good conversation. I thought so too. Yeah. Sometimes I get, I feel like my ego is bruised. I get upset, but that I still love you. 
and we need to keep doing this and things like this. Yeah, I feel like some people might think like, you know, I don't know. I, I actually thought the good, like the heat element was like, it was good. I thought it was like getting that stuff out and having those it's conversations. Like 15 at Taco Bell again, <laughs> just talking about magic cards in the universe. But I'll say that then, you know, a lot of people are mentioning last night's episode, we went long, it was like an hour. And then I just went off this, I went on this like rant about morality and stuff. And then Ian challenged some of my positions. He made good points. And a lot of people were like, actually, it was really good. So you should check it out. But we're going to have one tonight and it should be a lot of fun. I think people like hearing like, when people are passionate about stuff, because so often people are guarded in what they're saying. It's better that you guys yell at each other. <laughs> You're right. I thought it was good. Yeah. Here we go. Ehef says, Tim, you should apologize to Ian for calling him stupid in the member section last night. I do apologize for that. You looked and sounded like a bully. Ian, you good man. Your hearts are in the right place, and you have more patience and empathy than me. Don't take uh, anything personally. That's one of the four agreements. Uh, you know, look, I get mad sometimes, and anybody who watches the show long enough sees, like, one in every 50 episodes where I lose it. Oh, when I knew you, before we were friends, I was like, oh, I'm going to go get heated with that guy. Like, I wanted to have a conversation <laughs> with you. Like, just let it fly, man. If you got to be, you know, around people you can trust that you can let it out with. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, sometimes people get mad. Especially when we're talking about such important issues and stuff that we really care about. Oh, my and gosh. Then, we're crafting reality. Yeah, you know, you know. All right. Kyle Army says Hartford Whalers. Oh my gosh, you yeah. recognize my shirt. So many super chats, guys. About that. It, so is, many. it is the best uh, hockey team of all time. It no longer exists through the Carolina Hurricanes, but uh, yeah, this is my tribute to Connecticut, where I grew up. Yeah. Like the, I, I hope all of you, you had no idea. So what well, it was. none. <laughs> Looks like the Autobot Transformer insignia. I love it. Oh, I don't know what that is, Check but I do out. know what. what the, oh, okay. <laughs> Bobcat says, "Tim, why don't you have any shows about West Virginia cryptids? You're in West Virginia. You could invite the Flatwoods Monster on the show if you wanted. Just offer him some Krigler coffee. He'll show. We do have a plan for that. I don't want to say too much, but Tales from the Inverted World, Shane Cashman." And the crew, Jessica, everybody, Alex, everybody's working on this. They went totally overboard. Uh, Carter making the intro song. I was like thinking we we're going to do this show with 10 minute YouTube videos. And then they were like, actually, we made hour long episodes. It's, a, it's, it's 10 episodes that are an hour long. And I'm like, wow, it's visuals. It's audio visual with sound effects. As Shane tells the story of looking for the lost Confederate gold. We have several ideas of the next story arcs, which uh, I won't say too much, but cryptids may be involved. Mobsters, speakeasies. We have, we have a whole bunch of stuff that's uh, that we're planning for Tales from the Inverted World, and we're going to keep making it. And you know what I'm realizing too is the amount of money that it costs to make these shows. It's a lot, but you don't need that many people to subscribe to the show. And so that's what I'm thinking with TimCast.com. We have to stop trying to play this uh, this business where it's like, imagine I started a bakery and I gave away all the cakes for free, but I just crossed my fingers that somebody would buy the rights to put their name on the cake. And then it's like, well, it cost me a million dollars to make the cakes, but I made a million and a thousand because someone paid for the rights to have their name on the cakes. It's like a ridiculous business model, to be honest. Maybe something small scale. Why don't we make shows and then just be like, here's a preview. If you want to watch it, watch it. And then we get a certain amount of people. We can support the show forever. All right. Let's uh, let's grab some uh, more super chats. Blue Heart says, Biden cured cancer. Oh. Cancer attacking itself. Oh. Who would have thought? <laughs> forgot about that. Donald Schoolcraft says, Danny, retired targeting officer here. Thank you for keeping up the good fight and getting out. Love what you do, brother. Ah, thank you much. Right on. Random Eskimo says, this follows with my 2024 election theory. Biden says he's going to run. He bravely fights for re-election. And two to three months before election, he sadly is removed and replaced by not Kamala. And they push sympathy vote. Mm. Maybe. 
Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Trident 54 says, Tim, allow me to strongly suggest your first Sunday debate. Mike Glover from Fieldcraft Survival Channel versus B. Tatum. Subject, Uvalde police criticism versus a pro-Uvalde police department position. Brandon said today he would be open to a discussion. Long live Chicken Ian. That would be absolutely amazing. I really want to do the Sunday uh, Sunday debate show. I think that would be absolutely incredible. Bring in a couple different people to just talk about an idea and hash it out. And then smack the mic, maybe. Yeah, there you go. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Colt M4A1 says, get Chris Hansen on the show to talk about groomers and predators. Oh, yeah. Billboard I, Chris. I, I'd love yeah. to. Yeah. Rainy Videos has question for Ian. If Ian believes abortion is not murder in Colorado, then did the Nazis murder six million people? The Nazis didn't think it was murder, and the principle of the argument is the same. That's a good question because they did not consider it murder. So to a Nazi, the answer would be no. But to the outside person looking at it, well, technically it's still no. You can argue that it's an it ethically should be treated like murder. And then after the fact, they're like, hey, now that we're in charge, it was murder. You know, that's, so that's where I, I don't want that to happen in the United States where people are like, hey, by the way, all those abortions last year, they were murders and now you're all going to jail. We got to be careful. We got to be careful that we don't, I mean, persecute our, our own citizens for – this is where I think the anyway. viability plays the biggest role. If the baby can survive, there's no reason to kill it. If the baby is able to live, there's no reason to kill it. So you hear these stories from women where they're like, the baby was you know, um, unable to survive on its own, but it was alive, so they wouldn't remove it. And it's like, I think there's a circumstance where if there is a baby that has no heart or something, that's not viable. Like that baby is not going to be born and live. Then I, then I think I, – I, I feel like these are fake arguments meant to find an extreme to justify terminating healthy babies. Sometimes I wonder what would happen if you told women, like, if you carry the pregnancy that you, like, if you don't want to be a mom, but you're pregnant and you carry the, the pregnancy to viability, we'll pay for an abortion. You don't have to go through natural childbirth. Because I think people who don't want to take responsibility also don't want to have to go through labor. Like, you mentioned that you have two daughters. I don't have any kids, but, like, that seems very painful. And I Hard assume work. that if you already don't want to raise a kid, you don't want to have to produce one either. It's still a major surgery, but if you told them, look, you could just skip birth, like if enough of them would opt into doing it. Seriously. Yeah. All right. You know who says Timcast just lost half of its paying female subscribers when Ian casually let it slip that he has a girlfriend. Oh, Unsubscribed. No. They'll be back. <laughs> I can't resist. I actually, I'm really excited for Cast Castle because I saw what they were working on today. And I will say this fully candidly, the first part was a little drawn out and rough. And I was like, okay, I got to give you some notes on this. But then the, the, the plot lines, the next two were just masterfully done. Like it, it, it's rough. We're, you know, we're look, we're not a big production studio. We've got a couple camera guys and some comedians and we're making something work. But it was it was good. Kara's it was great. It's Kara's my girlfriend. She's yeah, Kara she, Kellbrenner. She's a, a natural. She nailed it. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, it was really good. Thanks, Kara. You're yeah. great. Love you. And then you you playing the guitar outside. Yeah, yeah. So you for know, those like that it. haven't seen it on the vlog, we did this bit, or he did this bit where he's Langston. You know what is it? James? Langston Stewart. Langston Stewart Jr. the third. And it's like Ian's a character, so he thinks rocks don't have magic, and but we all know they do. Come on. <laughs> we all know they have magic. All right, well, that's because you're in character right now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm still in character. It's going to be hard to come to the office. I'm going to get so confused. <laughs> be a method actor. Yeah. yeah. Murph Tries says, this will be my last super chat for IRL because I will be upping my Timcast monthly support. Another $10. Wow. I'd rather give you and Dan a majority of my money 
then have YouTube take most of it from you. Keep up the fight. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah, Dan Bongino was co-founder of Parallel Economy. Yeah, I have the name. Let me see if I can pull up the name of the other guy. He co-founded with Jeffrey Wernick, uh, his an, an angel investor. Glad he did. And I love the fact that he had more subs on Rumble. And then YouTube was like, we're banning you, Dan Bongino. He's like, I don't care. Goodbye. I got more subs over here. Why, would I, why do I care? I'm like, that's amazing. So um, let me just stress, there are many, many more architectural and structural and infrastructure changes that are coming. And I'm very excited to announce them when we can. But we got to build them. So right now, when you sign up at TimCast.com, no more PayPal. Parallel Economy, a Dan Bongino company, proud to say. All right. Let's grab some super duper chats. We got more people saying we got, oh man, Charlie Wilson. I think the Hartford Whalers are now the most, most repped That's NHL right. team on Timcast. Yeah. Thanks, Hannah. Go, go Canes. Yes, here we go. Yeah. Look, guys, I, there are no professional sports teams in Connecticut and, uh, <laughs> their, their logo is cool. It was designed by an architect. Like, I don't think they were a particularly successful team, but <laughs> I love them nonetheless. And if anyone wants to bring them back, I would be all for it. A lot of heart. Pine Tree Squad says, Tim, Congress is attempting to pass H.R. 1808. The assault weapons ban would be an outright ban on some of the country's most uh, countries, pistols, shotguns and rifles. This tyranny must be stopped. I did a segment on this. It's a it's it's a near outright total ban. It would ban like the majority of wooden stock hunting rifles. Like and I say that somewhat facetiously, like the left is always like, you don't need a weapon of war. And they show like a Ruger 1022 with a pistol grip. And they're like, you need a hunting rifle. And they show a Ruger 1022 with a rifle grip. And I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. But if the magazine is over 10 rounds and it has like a a foregrip or a, 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 um, a telescoping stock, it's an assault weapon. It's like, what? That's like everything. It's, 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 it's nonsense. When did you get interested in guns, Tim? Uh, I don't know, 2019 when someone tried breaking into my house. Okay, uh, I thought when you got the musket in the back. I was going to be, that's a good time to have got excited about it. Well, cops told me to buy a shotgun. Because yeah. a guy tried breaking in. New Jersey cops. I think the like, FBI yeah. actually said that the AR is the best home defense weapon. Is it though? Is I don't. Really? I, I just think that's the. I'm, I'm almost positive that they put out like, a report that they said that the AR is the best home defense weapon. Wouldn't you want like an you know uh, an AR style pistol with nine millimeter frangible hollow point or something like that? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm I'm not a gun bunny. You know, I have I have the pistol by my bed. That's what I have. But I also think that a lot of people grossly underestimate. If I'm just being transparent their ability to actually shoot somebody yep um you know the first time i put crosshairs on another human that's a it's tough that's an unnerving feeling well you know uh the story from vietnam the soldiers 50% of people didn't firing, take a shot they're firing above the person they didn't want to kill him uh, do you know the psychology behind what they actually did here what is it, what is it? so back in world war ii i think it was something i'm going to butcher this a little bit but you can look it up for the actual stats i think it was something like 75 percent of soldiers in world war ii did not take a shot on target of first opportunity. And what they were doing, they were training them on the bullseyes, right? So just a a pull circle like everybody's seen for a bullseye. The way they started working around that was by the time Vietnam came around, they started using the pop-up silhouettes. Mm -hmm. And so when you're, when you're, when you have to qualify to, with your weapon, you have like two seconds to engage the pop-up silhouette. So you just get used to seeing a head and shoulders pop up, and then you instantly um, engage. And wow. then I think by the time they said Vietnam, that the so that rate had went up to like 
70, 80 percent of wow. people took the first. Now shot. we've got games like America's Army, like video, first person shooters that are training people just to be able to do that. I think that yep. it's like evolving. Apparently, it's like as few as 15 percent fired their weapon at the enemy. I, I'm just looking at, at uh, random search results and they're saying 75 is a conservative. 75 yeah. percent is a conservative yeah. estimate. Hmm. All right. What do we got here? The clincher says Biden slipped the cancer line in as a cry for help. He's hoping public would catch on, demand he be removed, then he can finally ride off in peace. He just wants to sit in the sun, take a nap. He is our nation's oldest president of all time. Like, Why don't we let this guy retire? He wants to run again. No I don't think he do. wants to run again. I just think I love when people complain about it's the old white men that ruin everything, and then you literally elected the oldest white man uh-huh. in country's history. Uh-huh. Um, Cheese loaf says. Oh, just to clarify on your statement about soldiers not taking the shot, it comes from a book, uh, S. L. A. Marshall's controversial book, "Men Against Fire: The Problem of Battle Command," yeah. mm-hmm. and they don't know if it's real. No, it's not a hundred percent confirmed, yeah. of course, but it comes from that book. Hmm. All right. Cheeselo says, Tim, please tell me that you are still doing what is an assault weapon. This is a moral imperative. Yes, but it's very difficult because we need people. Now, we are having a meeting, I think, in the next week or so about documentary production stuff. So we will get to that. And um, I mean, it might take a year or, or so. Hopefully it doesn't. But the uh, the idea is to do, you know, it's like gun, the start the start of gun control. What's, you know, what we've currently seen, you know, are currently seeing with gun control. Is it working? Is it failing? And then the end is like potential real solutions to the, to the problem. I think everybody agrees gun violence is bad. You don't want go- people going around shooting each other. So it'd be interesting to hear from experts, you know, what is your solution then if not gun control? And then we would actually try and, you know, address that stuff. So, uh, yeah, let's read some more. Chris says Tulsi Gabbard literally endorsed Biden. Yup. Yeah. She was also against nuclear power and guns. Ain't perfect. But I thought she was principled and willing to have a conversation, and we desperately needed that. So take what you can get, man. But, uh, yeah, I'm very critical of her endorsement of Biden. Seth Hauser says, Tim, Harris has a nervous tick, a laughing one. I would hate for her to laugh at, at a different country when in a serious discussion and start a war or wars with them. Still do not want Pelosi either. Hear, hear. Er, uh, Eraftus of Stet says, I appreciate the Hartford Whalers tea. Great guests. <laughs> you planned wearing that, didn't you? No, because you asked was, me 20 minutes before the show if I yeah, wanted to come like, on. 20 minutes before like, the show. He's like, you're still working? How did they ever go out of out of business with all these fans? The thing is, we're like a cultural institution, but we weren't all in the same generation. <laughs> I wear this shirt in airports, and people stop me pretty regularly. Um, you can get them at the Bradley International Airport. Actually, if I'm on again, I'll wear my full-on Hartford Whalers jersey. Uh, it's in... <laughs> You know, I think part of it is states that have a strong identity get behind their sports teams or whatever. Yeah. Connecticut doesn't have. I mean, it's like part of New England. It's thinking it's part of New York. Like the Whalers are a unifying force. All right. Morgan H. says, my conspiracy theory has been Harris steps down after the midterms. Biden nominates a new VP, then resigns shortly after. So Dems still incumbent, i.e. Gerald Ford. Is that what they did with him? When Nixon resigned. He, oh, I don't but know. That's was, interesting. Was Ford the VP for Nixon before? No, it was Agnew, wasn't it? Or was Agnew? Spiro T. Agnew. Great and then name. I don't know how I don't that know, I worked could be out. Wrong. I was not old enough. I did not exist back then. Nope. The matter that makes up my body was but a humble banana. <laughs> All right. Ben Hickson says, Ian, we love you, but you live in a world of principles while they play a game of power. Please watch Matt Colville video called Diplomacy. He's a DM talking about politics in Dungeons and Dragons. 
Tim watches video called Politics of War about World War One and Thucydides. Ooh, very interesting. That's cool. That's a good idea. You know, I also do believe in the whole when if your enemy thinks you're weak, you're strong. Like, so I, I do play kind of ignorant and dumb a little bit because you can't do everything on the surface in reality. But I thank you for the for the statement. It's Langston Stewart. <laughs> Junior the third. Get it straight. Ian's not a real person. There's no Ian Crossland. There's right. never been an, an Ian actor Crossland. playing an actor. An actor playing an actor. That's the best way to confuse people. That's just how good Ian is. He can play so many roles at once and comment on them. <laughs> yeah. The multiverse. Stop. <laughs> Sam says, the Democrat perspective and worldview never changed. Always elitists. They just made the ruthlessly pragmatic decision to be nicer in caring for the lesser people, like the poor and non-white. They treat us... Uh, they, they treat us, them, like pets. No, I disagree. Uh, they're not trying to be nicer to people. The policies they enact, they enact hurt people substantially. Joe Biden is, is destroying the, is, is, is cranking up the price of gas personally, going to the gas stations and adding the numbers. I'm kidding. But Joe Biden is enacting policies that have hurt the price of gas. Joe Biden allowed for U.S. strategic oil to be sold off to China of all places. And they call me crazy for pointing out, which is a fact. So, he didn't care about you. He cares about the, his agenda. The Democrats have always been the elites. The, 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 we are better than you, and we're more deserving than you. I don't think that's ever changed. I think they just try to figure out how to manipulate to gain power because they realized they were losing. All right. Damon Kelly says, what's up with the Hartford Failures t-shirt? Oh, okay. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's get calm one down. Negative. You had to get one negative <laughs> yeah. comment. Got to get it in. Kevin Brady says, former Tulsi donor here. But I've gone libertarian. Does it not weird anyone else, uh, weird out anyone else that Tulsi has essentially flipped in many aspects and is also on the World Economic Forum website? I can't trust politicians. My understanding of the World Economic Forum website, which includes her and Crenshaw, is that it's an editorial they have nothing to do with. Mm. Like, how lame would that be if you're just, like, minding your own business and then, like, Media Matters writes a, a big story about how you're the best and how you're one of their thought leaders and you're like, I do not work for these people. You know what? We should do that. Okay. Who are we endorsing? I'll write it tomorrow. Just like people people <laughs> on the left will endorse, be like, Tim Cast thought leader, and we'll like... Hassan. Yeah, Bader. like, we'll, yes. maybe too a little overt, but then they'll be like, you know, we'll put Vosh in there, and yeah, yeah, people yeah. will be like, why are you on Tim Pool's website? And he'll be like, I don't know. And they'll be like, liar! I have nothing to do with this. Oh my gosh. You're, You're our right. thought leader. We can't help it. Yeah. And then we'll like, I'll send him a present, but I won't tell him who it's from, <laughs> and then he'll show it on stream, and then we'll include that. Can we, we send, send him like an, a plaque being like, yeah. you're an official Tim Cast thought leader? It's like the World Economic Forum framing people almost. Got to be honest, though, I'm not a big fan of Dan Crenshaw. So mm. we've invited him on the show several times. He's agreed and then canceled and, yeah. then, re- and then canceled Quite again. Pattern. And One don't think he really wants to come on. No. There's a big ant running around over there. What's wow. he doing? He's going for those daggone sweet and sour patches. Mm. That's oh, probably there's sugar on the table. Yep. That's it. Yep. What is He's the it's, an, it's an assault fan. <laughs> He's going to report to the hive that there was sugar here. We got to oh, no. clean it up. Somebody yeah, spilled the Sour Patch Kids. They leave a thing? trail, like Who a chemical trail, them? wherever they go. Answering yep. my yeah. spray here. Nasty yeah, little things, dude. We've literally been bugged. Yeah, I know. Literally. Oh, Kay Sums 8404 says, I start to enjoy Ian when I see him cry on the show when he starts to believe there is a God. But then last night's members only gets me annoyed with him. I wanted to read that because I do want to mention that you are like getting very emotional over your your uh, godly revelation. I, J- Jordan Peterson definitely him when he cries when he talks about what he believes and people coming up to him. It's uh, very it's it's one of the most. It's funny they, how they make fun of him for it. I don't know why people. I I will never understand why folks turn on that dude. I am I'm a huge fan of that guy. He's great. He yeah. like opened the floodgates He's so that I can. 
It was that myself. it was that line he made about forcing women to carry babies for incels. I think you know that really. I'm just kidding. You never oh, said yeah, that. No, he they claimed he did. It was funny because he talked about enforced monogamy, yeah. which is a phrase that references cultural monogamy, like people choosing to get married. Yeah. Yeah. And then they made it seem like he was arguing that women should be held at gunpoint, like a Handmaid's Tale or something. Nobody meant. I don't know, but you know, you know, if you don't know what you're talking about, you should probably Google it. Andy Welsh says, regarding Hunter filming his escapades, conjures one of my favorite lines from the big short. They're not confessing, they're bragging. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mad Mallard says, please look into former Chinese generals buying tens of thousands of acres of property near sensitive military and commercial sites in the middle of the country, particularly next to Fort Hood and Fort Still. Yeah, I heard about that. Like, what? sus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't like that. You know how easy it is to become an American citizen if you're rich? Foreign citizens will buy, will start a company in the United States because you don't need to be a citizen to do so. Then they'll hire themselves and offer themselves, you know, a visa opportunity. They mm-hmm. buy their way in. M- many countries actually have paid citizenship, though. Like, you can go to a country and be like, I'd like to get a, a residency visa, a work visa, or a citizenship. And they'll be like, put $500,000 in a bank account. We'll give you a passport. New you Zealand could- does this. Yeah. And, I mean, a lot of people have taken advantage of it. Yeah. Are, you think there's people that are citizens of every country? No. Some some countries won't let you be yeah. citizens of other places. Like I have three citizenships, but they're because my parents immigrated and applied out. Like some countries have uh, language requirements; you have to be born on soil, you have to have a certain amount of literal residency. When my brother um, enlisted in the Marine Corps, he was an intelligence officer, and to get his clearance, he had to renounce his citizenships yeah. other than his American yeah. citizenships. Yeah. So there are, re- are there are some countries that will let you have it, and some that won't. I know people who are uh, American citizens and Iranian citizens, but neither recognize the other. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm. But it's interesting, though, because when they do, you can get drafted. So if, <laughs> if, if you're a dual citizen and the U.S. recognizes it and your country has a draft, like, go, you're drafted. Like, mm. you got you to gotta follow the law, man. All right. Pet Detective says, hey, I wanted to say I love the show. And also, I got to go to my first Trump rally. He finally came to Alaska. Isn't it hilarious? No, I mean, like, literally, Trump rallies are hilarious. The, the man is a comedian. Mm-hmm. He's really funny. I've been to so many Trump rallies when I was working, I was, I was covering them, I was talking to people. It's just, just a laugh riot. He's saying, he's, he's doing like... He's an entertainer. You know, you know, he nails the right-wing Jon Stewart kind of thing. Talking about politics, talking about how people feel, and making it funny, and everyone laughs when they hear it, and he's calling people out. Funny guy. When he pointed to CNN, you are fake news, and everyone's like, ah, they love it. Absolutely. I've seen him speak a couple times, and he really can just capture people's attention. I've seen him speak even like in a serious tone, and it feels very accessible. I still think the wildest thing I thought mm-hmm. he said was when he said, when COVID first popped out, I was actually sitting in the base waiting on my uh, uh, ID, and he was like, he's like, they asked him about COVID, he's like, you're probably not going to die from it. And I'm like, <laughs> did I you mean, really, did you really just say that? He said a bunch of stuff. He's like, one day it'll just go away. It's like, okay. I mean, it was right. <laughs> no, it's still around. It's just. Yeah, but it's, you don't hear about it. Depends on what you're reading. The people in cities are reading about it nonstop. They won't let it go. You know it's crazy because I, mean? I know. It's becoming like, I guess it's becoming endemic. Yeah. I know more people with COVID now. I didn't get COVID for two years and I finally got it. Right. And I knew all these people had it and nobody was talking about it like at all. But then when everybody was talking about it, I never knew. I knew, I'm yeah. not saying COVID wasn't real, I believe it was real, but at the same time, it's like, I know more people now with nobody saying anything about it with it than back when it was like, the well, it's because the media is full of it. Let's grab one more super tip. We got Morgan H. He says, look up Gerald Ford. Spiro Agnew stepped down and Nixon nominated Ford. 
Nixon resigned. Ford ran as an incumbent against Carter, but lost. Huh. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Uh, where's one more? Dayzen says, "Is that a classic Fender or new release?" Tim, wish I could see the headstock. That is a uh, was it Brett Mason? I love that guitar. Uh, it's it's a it's relatively new, custom, really cool. It matches your outfits. Mm-hmm, oh, did you look at that? Yeah. Well, I think that's why I chose. I put it there for the colors oh, and everything. Nice. I, my favorite is the harmony silhouette. You can't see over there. That thing, I love that's it. that bronze looking one. No, not the bronze one. The blue one. Oh yeah, yeah. The that's my one. favorite one. Plus with the Fender amp, it's a it's it sounds so good. We uh, uh we're going over like this the the latest song that Carter put together, and I just think it's like. I cannot believe how good Carter is. Carter's so good. Carter is amazing. He it's, is a it's, it's, I feel like I used to walk into a studio. He like he's kind of separate from everyone because the studio's off to the side, and you go in to be like, "Hey, buddy, how are you doing? I haven't seen you in a couple of days." And I, he'd be like, "Look at this cool thing." He's and got like a all, beard, and he's yeah. like a rock star. He's got he's like, like eighty-seven I have rocks for three yeah. days straight. You yeah. got it. So he'll be like, "It's Sunday. Go home." And he'll be like, "What? I don't understand. <laughs> Look, listen home? to this song." He's got a, his his application video to Timcast. He put it on YouTube. It's this incredibly well edited, hilarious so video, like two minutes. Like if you want the benchmark for how to get hired by a company like Timcast, you got to look at Carter Banks' application video on YouTube. And then uh, I wrote the song on acoustic guitar. He heard it, and he transformed it, and it's just like, I can't believe how good it is. So anyway, my friends, that will be coming out. I think the album is going to be out like August 21st or something like that, so we'll see. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button and subscribe to this YouTube channel? Share the show if you really do like it. Post it wherever. Grassroots marketing is the most effective thing, but we've recently been doing big marketing. We've got a big Times Square thing coming up soon. It's going to be epic because um, – you know, the time has come to build the system, to challenge the system, to change the rules, and uh, just to uh, assert cultural dominance. We're going to do it. So head over to TimCast.com. We're going to have that uncensored after-hours show coming up at about 11 p.m. They go live. You won't want to miss it. They're a lot of fun and may get heated. You can follow me at TimCast everywhere. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. Uh, you want to shout anything out? Soldier Fit. Hey, by all means, anybody in the Maryland area, please come out to the grand opening of the Veterans Center on November 10th. And listen, if you ever want to get in shape, by all means, check us out at SoldierFit.com or you can find me on Instagram at SF, at Danny SF CEO. Right on. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire B on Instagram and you can check me out on TimCast.com. I'm there five times a day. And I'm also on Pop Culture Crisis tomorrow at three o'clock Eastern time. Woo! YouTube.com slash pop culture crisis. We're getting them a Times Square billboard. Oh, cool. we're getting Roberto Jr. one. And I know announcing, like I said, that we're going to put our rooster on a Times Square billboard. People are like, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. And I wanted to say it that way because the reality is it's actually a big thing for all of the shows on the website, which includes him. Mm-hmm. He's on the website, man. He's a star. Definitely. So is Bocus. Yeah. He, part of the, the ensemble is growing. Uh, hey, I'm also going to be a pop culture crisis tomorrow. Oh, wait, maybe I'm not on tomorrow. Maybe you're not. Maybe but maybe you are. Go to pop culture tomorrow there to are. find out which of us is <laughs> Who will win? Find out tomorrow at 3 p.m. Pop culture crisis. You guys, I am Ian Crossland. I love you very much. Thank you for coming, Danny. That was really cool, man. Well, thanks for having me. We appreciate it. Yeah, looking forward to hopefully seeing you. We'll definitely see yeah. you again, man. Great yeah. stuff. Thank guys. Bye. Yeah, and speaking of pop culture crisis, that's where I was this afternoon. It is always a great time over there. And I was telling them, you guys, you know... Uh, 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 politics is downstream of culture. This is your selling point. Have all your people go on IRL and talk about pop culture crisis. It's great. And I do think it is important if you want to know what a culture really thinks, you got to look at their celebrities and see what they're, see what they're up to in their free time. You guys can follow me on Twitter at minds.com at Sarah Patchlitz as well as sarahpatchlitz.me. We will see you all over at timcast.com in about 50 or so minutes. Thanks for hanging out. Bye guys. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.